five on there. You could do a Paul Roma promo. Oh God, no. Uh, Hello, everybody. Welcome to Getting Some Color. We are going to be doing WWF Monday Night Raw, September 13, 1993, and then WCW Saturday Night. We're back to the those shows. Uh, yeah, and that, after and a long hiatus. Yes, September 18th of 1993. Uh, we have some uh, first blood edition or report. We'll call it, I, I, I forgot. The first blood report, I believe it's called. Where we got a couple of news that we're gonna the, be... blood, the blood report. The blood report. The there blood rag. I've got my bucket of blood here. The tampon. Yes. Yeah. We're, no, it's like it's like the bucket that Charlie has from It's Always Sunny. He's got the blood bucket where he collects people's blood so he can test it, see whose dad is. I don't watch bullshit shows like that. Oh, uh, that show has wrestling in it. The, the maniacs in there. It's uh, it's fucking Roddy Piper. You put some respect on it. And uh, or maybe it's Tony the Clown. Maybe he had a bucket of something. I mean, according yeah. to what I read, I'm pretty sure they wrestled Danny DeVito's brother. Yeah, Tony Danny DeVito. Tony DeVito, his little brother. <laughs> He's like the uh, um. Oh shit! What was the joke? Oh, man, it's, it's Frank twins. Stallone. He's the Frank the Frank Stallone of Danny DeVito's. <laughs> <laughs> so. AEW can't get out of the news no. for, uh, <laughs> for for bad things. Oh my god, I'm over this. We we went from CM Punk and and the Elite throwing hands. Now we got Sammy Guevara uh, and El, 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 uh, Andrade, pretty much. Hey, let's back up because uh, this actually started, but even before the CM Punk stuff, Sammy was in the news the first time. With Eddie yeah, Kingston, Sammy, yeah, the Sammy Eddie Kingston stuff. Yep. yep, yep. And that time, Eddie's like, "I was in the wrong. I shouldn't have touched him. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, mm. whatever." Uh, but this time, uh, I can't. Like, I think Andrade was doing an interview or something, and he said something about how like him and Sammy had a match, and he had gone backstage and complained that he hit him too hard or something. He was, yep. he, was, he was complaining behind his back or some shit. That's, that's how this started. Yeah. And then he went up to him and he's like, hey, I heard you were complaining about how it was hit too hard. And then he was like, no, it's fine, man. He's like, he, okay. Oh, no. he's, <laughs> he's one of those people that will talk shit. And then when they finally get confronted, like man versus man, be like, oh, no, it's fine. But then he'll keep on complaining until, until it blew up, until a point where they were uh, beyond, uh, which is funny because you, you can't tell anymore what's a work or not in AEW. Uh, they humanize themselves. Yeah, most <laughs> mostly everything in AEW now, like most of it, you know, is not a work. Uh, yeah. And I, I asked you guys because I thought it was a work. I thought it was like building storyline. Uh, but I know how much an asshole Sammy is. Uh, and it's showing. The only thing I'm confused about is if Sammy was the first dude to throw punches, why was he there at night and Andrade left? The only thing I could think of is Andrade was probably smart or maybe uh, Charlotte or even called Ric Flair and, or whoever was 
back there with him probably said go home and you know don't get yourself into this because well, you know if sammy got kicked out he would have you know made a big deal out of it there, there's a lot of conflicting reports which i guess to start too because i know we're, we're already knee deep in the shit but did you all watch the show last night yeah uh, i only caught like a little bit of it well first off you missed well we get the positive out there you missed national scissoring day that whole thing was great i mm. saw it i saw it on go the back to youtube <laughs> okay you, you got that on the tube uh but it's it's actually funny to note sammy had some nuclear heat uh, people weren't singing Jericho's song because they were too busy screaming hate at at Sammy, and they pretty much did it the whole match. And they were yelling "fire him!" and like there's there a lot of like uh, responses people had after say I was talking about. I don't know what you guys heard on TV, but people were yelling some some crazy stuff at Sammy, um, and Sammy got the pin last night. Yeah, I think it's I think it's because he's a favorite of Tony's. Because allegedly, what what happened was uh, Andrade got sent home, mm-hmm. uh, which he, he was going to have a match on Rampage or whatever. So actually, just, yeah, it, not just any match. He was having a match where his he was facing Tim, which they've been doing this weird thing where they do segments where he's like, "I want him, I'm going to buy him," and he's like, "I don't want it." And they set up a thing. Friday is the two year anniversary of when Brody Lee had his last match, and allegedly. Uh, they were going to have a mask versus career match. Yeah. So the irony that someone with a career match was sent home, so they had to cancel the career match. What is that god-awful noise? What noise? I, I keep hearing a notification noise. I'm not sure what it is. I think it's my messenger thing. I'm going to close it now. I don't need it anymore. Sorry. Well, that's fine. Anyway. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I remember hearing that was going. On. That's what made me think immediately it wasn't a work though. When I started hearing this, I'm like, "Oh, Andrade is not involved with anybody that's like in the the mid mid card or like you know any of the upper card guys. He's always fucking trying to buy people, which I thought we outlawed buying people. <laughs> so. Oh, we'll get to that later in WCW, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I guess that there's a lot of disputes on the reports of whether one person threw punches or, or both people. There's a lot of dispute. The other thing too, that it, I guess that was congruent was that, you know, Andrade is not happy would have been, it's pretty clear. So he's one of the other people that is likely been wanting to leave and go back to WWE or, or, you know, just leave and go somewhere else. But Tony won't let him out of his contract. So um, he was told apparently before the confrontation with Sammy, that if he gets in a physical altercation within that they won't just fire him and let him in out of his contract. Yeah. I guess. So that was a thing that was said to him, but then that no one did anything to keep them separated. Clearly that's a, that would be a reason. Cause I mean, it just escalated, right? Like, I don't know if you guys read it and it gets my own interpretation of it. I don't know how it was left, but he, he does this report, which I mean, maybe it's not the best to air this out, but again, I guess from his point of view, he's, he's trying to push to get fired. He's trying to, to find a way to get out of the company or something, but he does that interview. He doesn't really say anything terrible about Sammy. He just says, yeah, dude said we hit hard and he went and complained to a bunch of the boys about it instead of coming to me. And I'm like, I'm straightforward. So if you've got a problem, come to me. And of course, this is all being translated too. like this is all in Spanish being translated to English. Um, but he effectively said he went to him, said we have a problem, no problem. 
and and he's like you know i'm just i i don't know i so that's one person i've got an issue with now but i'd like to i'd like to figure out what's wrong like it it was it was more of a it's out there it is what it is and and it got escalated quickly he was like listen here you fucking bitch uh like he's like you were a paper hire because your father-in-law you you fucking jobber like (laughs) and then andrade said some shit like i won't beat your ass because i'm a professional Yeah, he said, "Don't be scared. I won't hurt you." Yeah, proceeds to go Wednesday and 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 hit him. Yeah. <laughs> what 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 I hate about Sammy is like here's the thing about Sammy. He has tons of potential, but he's so immature of how young he is in the wrestling business. It shows really bad because if anything, you wanted you want to essentially look to andrade and be like hey man you hit hard maybe i could be taught how to take that you know beating in order to make a good wrestling match instead he goes oh it's too hard ow strong style and all that stuff i i can't deal with that but then i'm surprised i'm surprised at that though since he's an indie guy all those indie guys just fucking hit each other yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm gonna just going to go full old man here and call him out. He's he's shit indie Gen Z dollar general great value Matt Riddle because oh, he runs his mouth, but he oh, can't back fuck. a fucking word of it. I like, guess the difference. I like Matt Riddle because at least with him, like he's got swagger, but that man will kick everybody's ass. We've talked about that before. Pound for pound, I think he can whoop everyone's ass, which hopefully if we do have enough time. We will get to things get to the segment later. I know everyone's excited, right? <laughs> who, who can beat up CM Punk? Yeah, we haven't forgotten. <laughs> Uh, but that being said, uh, yeah, like, I, I'm fine with that. Like, this is a, I, I don't think it's a, it's a, it's not a problem for people to not get along, but there's still be professional about it. And yeah, I, I don't get, I don't get escalating it like that. And it almost makes me think that he's, he's using that his friendship with Tony is like a suit of armor. He's like, Oh, I'm untouchable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. I think his problem is, is. He's probably not really paid as many dues as other people have. See, he's, he's spoiled, and he's fucking. He's tight with Jericho, and he's tight with Tony. So he's like, well, I mean, look at the optics of, regardless of what happened. Yeah, like you look at like this was a three-year anniversary show, right? Mm-hmm. Omega and the Bucks are still nowhere to be seen. Haven't been heard from. There's no like no report on when they're going to come back or anything. Because of the legal stuff, which again, there's a lot there we don't know of. So I mean, there's more to it than that. There probably is, but they're not even there because of a dispute or whatever that happened. And you have this where instead of sending both people home and cooling it off, this being the second thing that Sammy's been involved in, they let him proceed to go on and and be in the main event as planned and get the pin. Yeah, that's fucked. That's kind of messed up. Like, what what does that say to your locker room? Yeah. Which I will say this. If it weren't for the fact the asterisk that's there, which kind of sucks, is if it weren't for Sammy, like, all that stuff happening, the last night's show, every person that got a pin last night is an AEW original, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, MJF uh, got, got the pin. Wardlow got the pin. Um, Darby Allen got the pin. Uh, Willow Nightingale got the pin in the tag match, which is actually her, I think her per- first pinfall on television, which is kind of cool. A lot of people like her. She's, she's a pretty good wrestler. Uh, and, uh, the crowd loves her. She kind of reminds me of one of our friends' wives. Very, very bubbly and just really happy. 
I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I knew like, you'd know when I said it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen her Willow a little bit. She seems pretty solid, actually. So mm-hmm. she dropped she dropped a sick ass spine buster in that match. <laughs> I'd go back and look it up. It was pretty good. Arn would be proud. Yeah, uh, I I think you hit the nail on the head um, as far as like the Gen Z stuff because look, he has a he has a YouTube channel. Um, drama I, is is part of him because he's a YouTube con- content creator, uh, and uh, and also like I said, he's young. That's also a thing. Uh, and uh, him be him being friends with Tony. And yeah, you're right. This looks bad on Tony's end because your top stars. As much as I, you know, uh, critique them a lot or don't like the Young Bucks, they're still your top stars. They're still sitting out with a suspension, but Sammy gets two incidents and he's still on the card, gets a pin. What does that tell you? That tells you that Tony Khan is playing with his toys, becoming friends with his business partners, when essentially he should be a boss. If anything... There shouldn't be fighting backstage. Tony should be hiring somebody to be backstage so that this shit doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. So that, that first off, like there's total chaos back there, which I think sucks because, you know, up until this, this happening, the morale is getting a lot better backstage Mm -hmm. um, just recently because they kind of rallied together to, to, to keep things going, given the fallout from the pay-per-view. So I, it's weird how how that's played out but yeah i I agree they need somebody back there to hold that or just hold people fucking accountable like it's not like it's not like these two incidences are the the first time he's even had trouble sammy had to go through that whole sensitivity training stuff because of comments whenever um the sasha banks thing yeah i can't what was the um i feel awful now i can't remember the name he wanted to go he saw her backstage and he wanted to do you know grape but not grape no, well, well, me too. Sorry, to I, I was trying to remember. I was trying to remember yeah. what the term was. The me, the when the Me Too movement stuff had happened, and all the other wrestlers were outed for horrible things they'd done or whatever. He gets caught out. And given like that's even that to me, like it's still like not a good thing. It's not a good look. But those are still like words if you're joking or this or that. But his mouth has gotten him in trouble. I mean, now he's in a spot where you're saying stuff to these veterans like. It's funny enough that Andrade wants to leave, so like punching him, whatever, is one thing. And Andrade's a jack dude. I mean, Zach, you remember standing near him and and uh, Tony Bronco? Those guys are big. That's what uh, I'm saying. Yeah, that guy Andrade is bigger than what you think he is in real life. He <laughs> is, but uh, even that, like Eddie Kingston's the one I'd be scared of. Eddie Kingston's the type of person that stab you while you're asleep and not think twice about it. He'll get a tire iron and fucking shove it up your ass. See, yeah. The thing about Eddie is, I, I like I can tell because you know he's talked about how you know his mental health issues and shit. Mm-hmm. I can tell he's the kind of guy who, when he realizes he fucked up, he 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 went and owned it a hundred percent. He was like, um, that you know I I went too far. I'm sorry, but if you pushed him any further, <laughs> he, he probably would have got got. Oh, and he's definitely the type of person that would like be someone near their. Have, like beat them within an inch of their life, but then go to the hospital and be like, "I'm sorry, man. I, I sorry, overreacted. Man. <laughs> like, I, my bad. I own it." Person's on ICU bed, <laughs> drinking you know, out of a straw. <laughs> you, you know what I can't figure out about this with Sammy is uh, his his whole attitude and his mindset based off of his training. He's trained by Booker T. He came out of his wrestling school. 
I can't believe he's like a petulant little fuckhead coming out of Booker T's school. Yeah, it looks like the only thing he learned there was how to wrestle. I Again, guess. that he's a good wrestler, but like, or maybe he just became an asshole after he got out. I don't know because I mean, I, Booker doesn't. Booker does not brook foolishness, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, I'd be per- curious to know what he thinks about all this. I don't, shucky ducky quack quack. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to the news soon about uh, the commentary teams. Uh, but yeah, my final thing about the Sammy thing is, again, everything leads back to Tony. Uh, if Tony wants to be friends with all his uh, wrestlers and stuff, then then be an owner and then hire someone that's going to be like running the business backstage, kind of like he, a like a Triple H in a sense. He needs a booker and he needs producers that have or agents that have power. That's it's what he needs. Yeah, because if you if you if you want to be friends with the young bucks and Sammy and Jericho and stuff, because I guarantee you Jericho probably saw this and like Sammy was getting all those fucking uh, heat, it's like we we gotta we gotta make him get the pin. You gotta give him me- mega nuclear heat. I could totally yeah. see Jericho doing that, <laughs> just because hey they hate him now, so let's fucking use it to the advantage. Now you could turn that into a good thing, but it kind of sucks that it's going off of a altercation backstage with Andrade. Yeah. Uh, um, if any, it it sucks because you don't know what's gonna happen. Like, uh, remember when, when the CM Punk thing happened? I was like, hey man, if you want to make good business out of this, I would fucking get them in a the room. I say, cut the shit, man. We can make millions off of this. Let's make it like semi real because you did. You kind of all hate each other. But let's use that hate in a professional manner and make some fucking money. But I, I can't see AEW doing it. Actually, I can't see modern wrestlers today doing that because their their image on social media needs to be a certain way. Um, it kind of sucks that I, I have to say this plays a little bit part of it, even though it's a private thing because of his marriage. But when he pretty much dumped the the heavier set chick for a take Conte. You knew people were going to be pissed about that. And it kind of just grew from there. I know the, the I, optics I know, don't look good as they say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that guess what guys, that was only a year ago. I mean, mm-hmm. a little, little over a year ago is when uh rampage debuted and that, that proposal was on the rampage debut. I remember yeah, yeah, so we're talking not even a year from that. He he went through a pretty ugly breakup there, which did not look good when he's immediately with with another person. Like, I, it's just it's a mess. Well, the, well, the, the sorry to like we're on topic with Sammy, but it's a little off topic of the matter that happened. But if you remember back to when he uh, left her, like in the beginning, people were like, "Oh, why are why are you in your YouTube videos? You and Tay Conti so close." And they both denied it. They're like, ah, oh, don't you guys have friends and stuff? And then you find out the bombshell, like, oh, we're not together anymore. And then, like, a week later, oh, uh, you see Tay Conti and, like, lingerie and, 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 you know, the TNT title being naked and shit. And, you, and then you're just like, dude, this doesn't look good. One, you lied to us. Then the mm-hmm. stuff happens. And now you're doing all this stuff, which I, I didn't mind at the time because of all the you could do heel shit with this. And they did do heel shit with that. But then they, and then the book, it was so terrible because now they're getting booed, but then uh, 
Scorpio Sky was getting fucking uh, cheered and shit. Oh but yeah, then, that that yeah, was just weird. That, yeah. that was just stupid because they were they were booking heel and heel, like it mm. was very weird. It, yeah, I don't know. I I've just I'm very stale of it. Like I don't think his wrestling serves to be enough for me to be like, oh, you should continue doing things with him. And the thing is that, and this is the way it is in all forms of entertainment and sports. You know, you can be really good at something, that doesn't mean you're a good person. Mm-hmm. I yep, still say, I still say they should fucking job him out. Yeah, <laughs> he, wants to, I, he, wants to, he wants to roll his mouth, call people jobbers, let them know what it feels like. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, it just it is tied into it a little bit. I mean, clearly it it, it affected the show because uh, the show last night it did stay at over a million overall, but uh, if and it even actually started to pick back up. Like you know, there's the typical dip, be- and I don't think people realize this when you're looking at the TV ratings and everything the numbers i mean they're not really to- wholly accurate anyway because how many people record and watch after you know what whatever but yeah. uh there's typically a drop off because how many people just leave their tv lingering on the first 10 15 minutes after because they were watching reruns of uh big bang or something on tbs and then you see that crowd kind of come off but then it kind of hits an even uh keel well it started to pick back up in the women's segment uh, and then uh, there was another segment, uh, another match in between that with like the Luchasaurus stuff. Uh, and then uh, briefly, and then as soon as the Jericho match, the main event started with Sammy, it plummeted. So they started the night at like 1.2 million and ended the night at like 876. Holy total. shit. And they dropped from like 976 to 87 or 836 or whatever it was. They dropped wow. a ton. Yeah. Like that that's gonna be the moving thing. Like it doesn't matter what Tony thinks anymore. Execs will step in if they think, uh, ah, okay, we're losing money now because of this little shithead. So yeah. I figured um, out what to do, by the way. How to how to job him out. Hmm. Just have Wardlow eat him. No, seriously, just because w- Wardlow's momentum has been all fucked up anyway, and I was like, oh, we could think of some way to job him out and get some use out of him. Just have Wardlow fucking beat his ass in, like, 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, no. I would have had the Luigi guy, the fucking pizza dough guy, just beat him with, like, throw dough in his face and hit whatever finisher move that Luigi guy has. No, no fuck him. Fuck now, this is the, is it, the rule of wrestling physics is there has to be balance. Someone, Someone who deserves it needs to get over. You can't you can't just job him to someone else who's also a jobber for the hell of it out of spite yeah. because that doesn't serve the world anything. Karma will come back. You got to give someone that righteously deserves it. So actually, they should go ahead and reheat the Eddie thing and let Eddie just beat the dog shit out of him in like an, a no DQ match, and then yeah. and, and let Eddie like off. You know how like you can hear people off air when they yell stuff. Have him yell, "Is this hard enough?" Like as he's hitting him with shit. Like that would be fucking funny and like make money out of yeah. it. Yeah, that's like you said, make the make the money out of it. But the pro the problem I think is he's he's so immature that it, it, if you found out then again you just tell Wardlow or whoever you're gonna do it just yeah beat the piss out of him <laughs> and like force force a pin or do like an Earl Hebner kind of thing once the sharpshooter's in fucking ring the bell <laughs> I just thought of that meme that you sent the other day <laughs> women with the time machine like I'm your granddaughter yeah. the time machine don't let Sean put you in the sharpshooter. <laughs> <laughs> man the world would be different mm. i don't even want to talk we would we would have got so many more bret hart matches man yep <laughs> we would have got uh, bret hart versus kurt angle oh man perk angle 
Yeah, actually, Kurt, I was thinking about him when we were talking about the, the whole thing of making money out of stuff. Uh, I remember hearing this on uh, Busted Open Radio. They talked about uh, controversies like this with the punk angle and how to make money out of things when you can. And, you know, a really big one for them in TNA uh, was whenever there was a whole uh, love triangle, like, you know, in real life between Kurt Angle, his ex-wife, and uh, Jeff Jarrett. And that one, whatever Karen, I think is her name, right? She she's mm-hmm. married to Jarrett now, and they're all cool now. But when that all happened, that was rough. It's kind of like that's kind of like the uh, the stuff with um, what is it? Uh, Matt Hardy, Edge, and Lita. But they managed. Now that got messy, and you know Matt got fired, and then came back. They managed to try to make some money off of it. But the with Kurt and Jeff, like there was never any separation from the companies there. They they kept everything together and said, you know what? We can turn this into something and make it real. And they played all that stuff out on television. I, I truly hey. think, I truly That's... think social media is the blame because how, how come back then, like when shit like this happens, I won't say 100% because that's not true. Everything's not perfect. But at least the majority of the wrestlers would be like, hey, I fucking hate your guts, but let's let's make money out there. You don't get those wrestlers anymore. Everything's a fucking image, and they have to be the victim, and then they post a, that, their shit on social media, which the only reason they'll do that is to, I guess, bully the other person that they're having drama with. And also, uh, you know, get a following that way. And it's retarded. It's so, I, I truly think it's social media's fault and how, you know, <laughs> Gen Zers are fucking grown up by the internet. Uh, I mean, it, it's its own mess, which we don't want to turn this into old men, men yelling at clouds. But I, I do agree, that, like, social media is definitely a, a catalyst for all this. But these are these are things that were happening all the time. Think about all these crazy stories we know about people that fought each other. I like one of the joke things that came out after all this happened. Someone was like, "Someone needs to send my boy Hunico over to the AEW locker room." I don't know if you're aware. That's um, the old Ricky Sankara. Stark said that. <laughs> yeah, he had to delete it. But Sankara, which again, this isn't that long ago. This is what in the last five six years. He, you know, he ended up getting fired. Like he's notorious for the like getting being a hothead, and like apparently he got in like a fight with Sheamus, like yep. and punched him while he was getting his ankle taped, and he he knocked out Simon Gotch with a fucking uh, pop can. Soda. Yeah, knocked him unconscious with a soda can. Like <laughs> that guy throws down. He don't give a shit. He got in a fight with Jericho and got the better of Jericho at some point. Like. It's just like these things happen. These are things that have always happened. It's just social media has made it worse. And then when you have someone that is so present on social media, I think that's that's what makes it that mm-hmm. much worse. The, the real problem, too, is this timing. AEW is under a microscope right now because of all the BS going on. Everyone, every little dirt sheet reporter is looking for the next little break in something that's happening back there. Like, I, so it doesn't matter. Like, if they find any small thing, they're going to report on it and try to make it into a big thing. And, um, He's not helping the image of their company. Well, it's, it's that that's why I was like, he needs to hire people because he needs to put a, the tightness on all this drama. But instead, he goes talking about I have all this fucking money. Uh, Jimmy Crockett didn't have money like me, and then does the whole stare at the like, stop it. it it's childish that you're going to be doing this. I understand that you're having competition with with WWE, but. You ain't there yet, buddy. Stop. You're growing there. You're, you're, you're giving hope to people that want the alternate brand of having that WCW Nitro feel against WWF 
But if you keep on going down this route where you're just buddy buddy with everybody and you're not taking uh, the booking seriously, you're just fucking winging it in a sense. Yeah. So I'll just point out something there that you just said. I mean, the money. Yeah, I know that he's he's a son of a billionaire and he, he himself's a billionaire and it's that's great. But mm-hmm. uh, the year before WCW, I had to double check my sources there. The year before WCW went out of business. They were worth over a hundred million dollars. They sold it to Vince McMahon for four point two million. Yep. And so you can be great, but you can fuck it up real quick. Yep. You know, like that—that's the problem. Uh, and you know, I'm glad that he's got execs that are on his side because they're doing well on TV compared to other shows. But this is getting kind of messy. Uh, and you—and you're running into the problem too. Like you have the the two big things happening. People aren't getting along, but you also have all these guys that have. Uh, this issue of they jump ship because the grass was greener, then Vince leaves, and now yeah. the person that brought them to WWE is in charge. So now they want to go back. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's playing into this too. Like, do you think Andrade would be would have been nearly as like forward and candid about these types of things if he didn't want to leave? Yeah, I think that that's there's an element of that at play. Oh yeah, I, I don't think it's a hundred percent Sammy, I, but and it's not me really defending him. I just, it just, I don't think it's that. Um, but uh, certainly, he's just not helping himself there. But it's we could go on and on. It's it's kind of tiring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's talk about something positive. Let's talk about those uh, those changes over in commentary WWE. Yeah. So uh, there. Uh, each show is doing a new season premiere, apparently, uh, except NXT, I think. But NXT is kind of in the middle of like a soft reboot anyway. Like they changed the logo. They got rid of the Nickelodeon fucking logo and, and stuff. Uh, I've been hearing uh, reports about how they've commissioned a bunch of new bells to be made. Yes. So it's like they're re-imaging everything over time. Triple H, please, please don't make titles that are just very fucking generic that they've been doing. Don't be like, I'm going to change a strap and that's the new belt. I want designs, baby. I no, want eagles. I, mean, I want lions, man. <laughs> I mean, you've seen, you've seen the belts he commissioned to get made in NXT. They all look good. Oh, my God. That, yeah. UK, so, that, that UK championship. That's one of my favorites. I did, mine too. That UK North title American, so cool. the North American title too is is I really like it a lot because it just looks like an old territory belt, like a new spin on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, this report came out today that uh, they're going to change up all their commentary, and it's like on Raw, you got Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves. I don't know who Kevin Patrick is. He looks weird, but I haven't heard the, him. Is that the Scottish guy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's going to be interesting. You got a Scottish <laughs> guy on commentary. Yeah. On He's the one that did. Uh, didn't he used to do the, um, he would do like the pre shows and other stuff? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think so. I don't really reviews. watch that. He was like the Pettengale of today. Oh, God. <laughs> no, he's not nearly as insufferable as him. <laughs> but uh, then you got like Michael Cole and Wade Barrett on SmackDown. So Wade Barrett's been moved to SmackDown from NXT. That's going to mm. be pretty awesome. Yeah, I think that could be pretty good. Cause I, I liked Barrett on commentary when he was in NWA. And I, the little bit I heard him when I would pop into the Nickelodeon NXT here and there, uh, mm-hmm. he 
you know, he's Wade Barrett. So even with all this falter, all ridiculous shit, he was still doing his stuff. Yeah. Uh, he, he was on uh, NXT prior to the change before. Yeah. It was like, it was like right before they, they mm-hmm. changed. Yeah. He was on there for a hot minute. He, he was on there for a bit, but it was like right in the midst of like, like NXT had already made a big change. Like it was doing the, let's go head to head with AEW. It like wasn't oh, it, trying to be itself anymore. Oh yeah. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about when I dipped out, but uh, yeah, I, it changed overall, but even then his commentary was pretty good. I like how it gets excited. He's got a really good deep voice. Mm-hmm. NXT is going to have Vic Joseph and Booker T, so they're bringing Booker back. <laughs> and, I, uh, I don't know if you heard me, Chaz, but I was like, I want to bring back the Booker T when he was commentary on fucking TNA, where he brought the microphone in the ring. <laughs> I heard, yeah, I was trying to remember uh, Booker T. Oh, take that moment to appreciate Booker T and TNA because the two greatest things ever that came out of his run there was that because he he comes in he's whooping everybody's ass and he's talking about kicking everyone's ass and narrating it himself <laughs> but there's also like the the time I, I don't think he had the accent anymore when he was doing that I, I just can't remember but he he had an accent for a while like an african accent when he was in tna when he did, did he? the main event mafia yeah don't you remember that like look it up if you've never watched it anyone else watching whenever they form the main event mafia it's when kurt angle and uh Charmel is there with with Booker T, and they're pulling in the, all the guys to form it. Sting, like, and this is again, this is like the debut, so people don't know who's coming together yet. This is a big deal. Uh, Sting and Kevin Nash are all there, and Booker T is there, and he he has an accent. For the life of me, I cannot remember what he says, but he keeps saying the same word, but the way he says it is just the funniest fucking thing. I've been trying to look it up for like the last ten minutes, and I can't find uh, the quote, but there's a a little scene. If I if I can find it, I'm I'm gonna pull it up. But it it is just the funniest thing ever. Um, <laughs> just just look into it. And it, no explanation. He goes in and out of this African accent while he's in TNA. I thought, I think I've seen that before. And I thought he was still like, kind of like in some weird headspace where he was kind of half ass doing his King Booker. Like he couldn't get out of the headspace of doing that. But I don't know. <laughs> but, uh. Uh, on uh, PLEs, that's that sounds fucking dirty to me, so I'm still going to call it pay-per-views. Uh, it's yeah, going to be PLE. Michael, Michael Cole and Corey Gray. PLE sounds like some kind of weird diuretics or something you'd fucking oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it sounds like a test your child would have to take at school. Is your, your kid ready for the PLEs? That's what it sounds like. I think I got it. Hold on. Okay, here we go. You know what I say? I say, look at these bumps. Look at the dress. You see, in my country, in my country, they say if it looks like a chicken, if it clucks like a chicken, it's a chicken. <laughs> His country? This is great, see, but this is this is. Uh, you want to talk about the mafia? You talk about the mafia to the oh. face. And you see, from this day, this day forward, in. the war <laughs> will start right here tonight. And you know what I say? By the end of this year, there won't be any of you left. And you know one more thing. One more thing. It's all about the five. You understand? <laughs> you know what, what I mean? <laughs> That's crazy. I think you know what? I'm just I'm just gonna go out on a limb here. I think Booker did that because that's how a lot of stories with Booker go. He's probably fucking around backstage. 
doing that as a joke. And then they, somebody said, oh, I'll bet. That'd be fucking hilarious if you did that on TV. He's like, oh, you don't think I will? And he just started doing it. Because <laughs> that's right. how he got started in commentary. He was goofing right. off doing commentary backstage. Uh, and then somehow everybody caught wind of it and it got popular for, for people to hang out with him and hear him do commentary at like a TV monitor backstage or some shit. All right, Dubs, I'm, I'm going to send this to you if you want to pull it up here. This is the video of their appearance, and he does it on this video, but I... Oh, so you did if you want to pull it up... Hold on. Yeah. Oh, I guess I dropped it, the link in here, but... Here, I, I got it in here. It's on Vimeo, <laughs> which is weird. It tells you everything you need to know about TNA. I can't find anything. I got to go to Vimeo instead of YouTube. What the fuck is that? Next, we're going to have to ask fucking Jeeves about Booker T's legacy. God damn. I know, right? I'm drunk. <laughs> hard line. Ah, hold on. Too loud. That, it's very loud. Okay. Thank you very much, Scott and Mike. And while I'm certainly hear it? excited to be here oh. on High Definition Television, I received I can hear it. a phone call from you last night, Kurt Angle, at 12 o'clock, yes. instructing me to be here right now for an announcement that you have that you claim would actually trump the announcement Mick Foley will be delivering later on tonight. A huge announcement. What is this? Well, after seeing Jeff Jarrett and Mick Foley talk together and talk about this huge announcement that was going to change the face of TNA forever and watching them ride off into the sun. silly in that chair. <laughs> I thought I had to do something drastic. So I decided that I would change the face of professional wrestling forever. Not just TNA, but professional wrestling forever. So I made a few phone calls to some very, very, very important people. Yeah. And by midnight last night, the deal was done. <laughs> yeah. Well, what does this have to do with Booker T? Why don't you ask him? <laughs> you see? You see, Jeremiah, <laughs> we have made him eat. Best. The best of the best. <laughs> you see, in my country, back in Africa, <laughs> the king of the jungle, the lion runs in packs. Very dangerous meat-eating beast. You see what you have here, Jeremiah? The lions of DNA. From this point on, we take what we want. We oh, want Hogan. We want respect <laughs> from this point on. Kevin Nash, you seemingly left TNA two months ago. We never thought we'd see you again. Now you're here. What? Oh, he's over there. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I didn't walk away. I had nothing left to accomplish. <laughs> I thought about it. I mean, this business has always been about three things. Money, power, and respect. Respect. There, <laughs> respect. And That's it. That's no it. Respect. Respect. Yeah, you read the Bible and Proverbs, it says, here comes wisdom. I try to give wisdom to Joe. He spit my face. All right. Boys, boys. I think we got it. That's it. Oh, man. So if you stuck with us, down. for those that stuck with us, that was worth the journey. It's It was a respect thing. Oh, my God. That was the biggest meme. Respect. Respect. <laughs> I, can't, I still can't believe this shit. He's like, Booker's like, my country, Africa. It's like, no, your country is Texas. 
2008. You've been wrestling for 20 fucking years, talking with with a regular American accent, and suddenly Africa. I my country. <laughs> he started out from Harlem, and then it was revealed later he's from Texas. And everyone's like, "Okay, he's Texas." So it's like, God, now he's from Africa. All right. Oh. <laughs> well, say, I'm excited. I like I like Booker a lot. I, I'm we, excited we to do. see him on commentary. Um, the big takeaway: uh, Jimmy Smith is also done. Uh, I guess that he was sort of like somewhat unceremoniously let go, <laughs> and. Uh, I think that's because I don't know whose idea that was. Maybe it was Vince or maybe it was a Kevin Dunn thing or something. But like, uh, I heard him on commentary and he was, I guess he was okay. He wasn't offensive, but he didn't really stand out to me necessarily. Was this, this is the guy that was on the commentary for raw, correct? Yeah. 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 I actually think I, I might know why there was an issue there. Um, I actually tuned in and watched part of the last, uh, not this uh, prior Raw that that was on Monday, but the one before. And during a certain segment, like, I kid you not, he did it like seven times. He kept calling Judgment Day the bloodline. And, like, to the point that, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, Graves actually had, was was it Graves or whoever it was with him, had to literally say, if I have to keep correcting you, like I had to call him out and be like, like just stop talking. <laughs> like, I remember. No, I heard him say that. Yeah, I remember that. I was like, yeah. whoa, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, because he just he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm just so excited because of the judgment day. It's like you keep calling them the bloodline. You're gonna make the tribal chief mad. <laughs> and he's trying to keep it like in kayfabe, but like he legitimately just keeps calling people the wrong things. There's one of those deals. Like if you can't get the call right, uh, like I, that's a big problem. Like I know that Vince. There was the guy they hired during the. Uh, the, the, the uh, Thunderdome era, the, the guy that was like really nice, it was like an ESPN caster that they brought in or something, and and he, he was like a fresh new face, and he was there for all of a month, and he left. And it was I because remember. He, couldn't, he couldn't get terminology down. He kept call, calling people the wrong name. Uh, like reminds me, yeah. of, reminds me of Mike Adamley, too. Remember him? Oh, yeah. He, he was going to be like a big deal. And he was terrible. Yeah. He was fucking terrible. He was the worst. He would get people's names wrong. Like he'd fuck up pronouncing their names. But like uh Byron Saxon's also off commentary, which is a positive move because he talk about insufferable. There's another one. His whole character is he's like a, a goddamn man child. And yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's, gonna, he's a big dork. He's gonna be backstage though, it looked like he's, he's being an interviewer now, which for him that's probably better. Yeah. Uh, this is cool. The other biggest takeaway, though, is these are all two-man teams. And I'm like, thank thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you for going back to the good old two-man team. It's, it's not too cluttered. You can – everybody the, – the guys can sort of relax and bounce just off of each other, which I think works better than a three-man team. Three-man mm-hmm. team can work, but it's got to be, like, the right people. Any more than three is too much. I hate yeah. it. I, I hate the AEW booth, how they started doing like four fucking five people. Oh, my God. It's awful. I, I can't yeah. stand that shit. It's like the Especially when they have like, you'll have guests. You'll have three or four people on, and then you have someone else jump on. Like, that's that's one of the reasons I like, too, is that if you're occasionally going to do a bit where you have someone come out as a guest commentator, well, guess what? It's only three. It's not that bad. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, that's cool. That's another positive 
positive change, I think, uh, that'll be better. It, the commentary's already been better anyway. It's been a lot less fucking cringy. Uh, yeah. it's still, there's still some cringe there, but you know, we'll get through it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people can debate whatever, uh, just real quick, just, just, we won't go too much into depth about it. Just yeah. making a point. Best, best commentary team ever. Gorilla and Bobby. I really, yeah, man, I want to say JR and King. But. That's that's what I was gonna say. Again, I, maybe it's the whole attitude era thing. I think Gorilla and Bobby's another good shout too. But that's my point. Those are two man teams. Yeah, two man yeah. teams. I, I also take Jesse and uh, uh, yeah, Jesse and uh, Gorilla too was good. Oh uh, yeah, like that late. It was like late eighties, early nineties. Like at a, yeah, I, got, I think I just missed out on that. But um, yeah, there, when we started the. The whole uh, 93 thing. I think it it was uh, Gorilla and, and Bobby. Not Bobby. Shit. Gorilla and, and uh, Ventura. Because I uh, remembered it. That was on Royal. That was like on a Royal Rumble 92, I think, or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, they yeah. Com- yeah, they do commentary on, on one of the Royal Rumbles. I think it actually is 92. God, that, that one's, that's probably why that one's so good. Because like- Ventura, Ventura had already left the company by then in 93 when we started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, that's. I think that's cool. It's gonna be good. Yeah, I, like I said, it's slowly turning into like a watchable product again, uh, especially a main roster. It's not there yet, not there yet, but it's slowly getting there. Yeah, there there's still some goofy stuff, but overall, like from what I got to watch, I actually really enjoyed it. The wrestling is really good and it's clean. My yeah. goodness, watching it now, it's like very polished and. The production's really good. You know, the camera cuts are still a little crazy, but, um, like, the cameras are in the right places most of the time, and the wrestling, they'll do some high-risk stuff, but at the same time, they're not doing, like, crazy Botchamania-style stuff. It's, it looks good. Um, yeah. that that uh, The match I'm mainly talking about was the, uh, the AJ Styles match I watched. Um, oh, shit, who did he wrestle? Uh, one um, of the judgment uh priests i think i'm pretty sure it was priest yeah it was priest and styles uh it was a really good match um and then of course all the Sami Zayn stuff that's going around like going on right now is great like no joke when eventually they're gonna turn him face and when they do well he's kind of turning face as it is but like eventually they're gonna he's gonna get the push like i actually think they might strap the rocket and triple h is like you know what it's gonna take some time we're getting that title on you. I really I'm, think it within that within two years, Sami Zayn will win the WWE Championship, and that pop will be massive. I'm calling it right now. I'm calling it right now. It. it, it I know right now it's going to be like possibly Cody winning the Royal Rumble. Sami Zayn's winning the Royal Rumble this year. I'm calling it. Oh shit! They, I think oh. it's too soon. I think it's too soon. I. I, I think it's. Too, I think it's too soon for for that. But. I, I, I mean, I'd get behind it, but that's why I, I made the, the thing in a wrestling forum. Uh, I can't remember how long ago it was. Within the last week, I was talking about that, and I made I put one of the remind me things on it, so one of the bots will remind me. And I said by by the end of twenty twenty four, Sami Zayn will become WWE champion, and the moment he does it, it will be glorious. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see. But mm. uh, I guess actually that that is there is a little little splash of news when we brought up Cody. There was the uh, um, there was a report that apparently when he signed his contract, they did confirm there were never any like 
plans to actually put the title on him from Vince, like back when he first signed and everything happened. Um, mostly because they really wanted just to see how like the fans would react. And then when it was positive, it seemed like it was going in that direction, but there was never still any guaranteed plans. Vince was still very high on keeping the title on Roman Reigns the way it is until uh, WrestleMania. So what we're seeing now, even though he got injured, is basically what it was supposed to be. Um, but I guess now we'll have to wait and, and see what that at WrestleMania is. But uh, for those that are curious, I'll be there in person because I bought WrestleMania, or, uh, Royal Rumble tickets. I'm so excited to see the Royal Rumble. It's on my bucket list. Um, and hopefully, if, if it works out, we'll be able to take the whole team. But we'll have to wait mm. and see about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess now we can just get into the shows. Yes. Yeah, we did it. Look at that. It's not even an hour. We did I it. We went a little we- more than I thought we were going to, but yeah. <laughs> it just happens. Listen, we I, that's why I said let's come up with the news now and then we'll go from there. Uh, I knew just off of these two stories we were going to hit at least 35 minutes, but we did 48. So anyway. I'm proud of us. Yeah, I'm, well. It's good. Positive. Uh, WWF Monday Night Raw, September 13, 1993 from Manhattan Center again. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. Yep. And... And Bobby Heenan and Vinnie Mac uh, talking about the Quebecers Ke- and the Steiner brothers. Uh, by the way, idols under Quebec rules. Is that real or made up? It's fucking made up. <laughs> That's <laughs> bullshit. That is, a, that is like a Vince like, 101. Now, some of that shit is old territory rules, uh, such as like power drivers are illegal, so are top rope moves. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, just calling it Quebec province rules was just like some bullshit thing to get heat. <laughs> yeah. Like they were playing, I think they were, they were doing the old school. Uh, if you get knocked, if you intentionally knock your opponent over the top rope, that was another, that's an old territory rule, right? It's a DQ. WCW did it, uh, Saturday night and they're mm-hmm. yeah. lately they, uh, been going away from that rule. That's what Bill Watts was booking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a it's an old old rule, but I, I think this province match they used it because there was a spot where Scott was about to knock over one of the Quebecers, and Bobby commented, "Oh, he almost he'd get DQ'd there." It's in the province rules, so uh, so they like kind of like hinted at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, run run down the the match for us. We'll talk about it. Okay, so Johnny po- oh, sorry, Johnny Polo is manager for the Quebecers. Yeah. Weird, got, but got I like it. Over to them now. Now Adam bombs solo. <laughs> now those hockey gloves make sense. <laughs> now they do, yeah. <laughs> um, so like, yeah, the whole the whole spiel about the Quebec rules is like tiles will change on DQ or count out, and then all that other stuff we just said. Uh, and starts off. Jacques is in the ring. He's the the slimmer one. He he's the guy who was just the Mountie before, mm-hmm. uh, and now he's got an, another Mountie narc friend named Pierre. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> those names, how original! Jacques and Pierre. Uh, but he shoots Rick off, and he goes for a leapfrog. But Jacques gets caught in midair. He power slams him, and then Rick Steiner lining the fuck out of him. He's great. Yes, and there's a spot where I think he was supposed. Yeah, he was supposed to go over the ropes, but like he, they made. I think he like he was like he forgot 
they weren't supposed to do that or some shit. He was like, oh, my God. So it made it look worse because he caught himself and just kind of bounced off the ropes. You know how sometimes people clothesline somebody, they try to do it over the ropes, and they fuck up, and it just looks even worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like one of those. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it looked like it hurt, and that was when Bobby made the comment of, "Oh, he almost went over that." That is that, and he kept asking like throughout the commentary, like, "Vince, is that one of the rules?" And then Macho would do it too whenever it's like cheating, because he's like, oh, "What? What about those rules? Are that province rules? Because the Quebecers were cheating or something?" Yeah, uh, yeah. So I remember that came up a couple times. Yep. Then uh, Pierre and Scotty come in and they they do some shit for a while. Uh, Scotty, I have, I have that? to. I have to admit, like, this match, I was surprised, uh, one, how long it was. It was pretty much half of the fucking show. Yeah, I didn't uh, expect that either. Like, this whole thing just comes out of nowhere. It's like, okay, we're doing a, a tag match for the title with Quebec Province rules, and here's your tag team, the Mounties. I'm like, what? <laughs> and it shows you how, like, how good booking uh, they were. Where, remember, because every time we watch a Steiner's match, it would, like, be a couple of moves, and then... Fucking uh, Scott would just Frankenstein someone, whether you like it or not, you're going, and then no. it would end. It would end the match. This one, I felt like, well, obviously we know what happens at the end, but like it, it shows real competition, even though they done it in a heel way. It was, it was kind of, a, it was kind of nice to see like an actual wrestling match, a really long one uh, with yeah. the Steiners again. Mm-hmm. So that's that's two now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. This match was really good, technically. Like they, there was it was a lot of good moves. Uh, I thought the Quebecers sold really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even the Steiners, for that matter, I sold decently well. I mean, they're supposed to be these big bruisers, but I mean, Scott was in trouble there for a bit, uh, yeah. and then and then Rick got a hot tag and he just steamrolled them. Oh man, that was great. Um, but yeah, continue on. Yeah, get, get through our, our beats and we'll we'll start talking about the end of it. Yep. Uh, I think. Pierre starts, yeah, he starts getting heat on Scott, and uh, I think he hits a backdrop. Scotty does, and he manages to tag Rick back in. He tries to do a pal driver, and Scott's like, no, 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 no pal driver. <laughs> Can't do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that was good. They, they did so much of that in this match uh, where whether the commentary did it or, like, the, the, like, the ref or their actual performers called it out. It was, it was cool. Yeah, I like that they, they remembered the whole gimmick of the match, basically. Even if mm-hmm. some people forgot, some other people remembered. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Then I think Rick throws Pierre out of the ring, so I guess the ring-out thing wasn't really on the menu there. Uh, or, that or they mixed it up. Or, you know, the commentary is mm-hmm. getting the, the rules jumbled up. Uh, Steiners take over again. They do some, you know, their double-team shit. Johnny Polo comes out and like the, that's, he just shows up in the middle of the match. He's like, okay, <laughs> he's with them now, I guess. <laughs> Not even middle, like deep in the match. Like they, yeah. they, they are deep in the match and he just comes out. And there's there's not even like a discussion between anybody. I think Bobby's the one that says it's like, oh, you know, he's just the manager now. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all that works? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we go another break and come back and they're getting heat on Scott again, long heat, bunch of double team moves. And then Scott hits, a, he hits this big ass DT on Jacques and he sells it like a taser. I got to give him props for that. That's <laughs> one of my favorite oversells is the taser cell. Mm-hmm. The, uh, like you shake. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. 
<laughs> I mean, it makes sense if like I I to me I always like that or I like the leg shaking like you be long leg shake. Yeah, <laughs> I'm all about it, about a good leg shake. But uh, I can't remember. I, I think it's it's close to this point whenever Polo interferes a little bit. Uh, and he hasn't he hasn't fully interfered yet. But uh, there's some nonsense going on and. That's when they, they go back in and double team when they're not supposed to. And this is, I th- couldn't really tell what this meant, but it sounded like it was a dig at Vince. Like they're ribbing Vince over, over doing illegal stuff or playing by rules or something. I can't yeah, remember what happens in commentary, but it's pretty funny. They make some kind of joke about uh, attorneys later too. That, um, that, that, okay, they, that, that's what I was thinking about maybe. But yeah, they, they make some joke about him being in legal trouble, which uh, it's all the steroid stuff, which is kind of funny. Dude, they make fun of fucking Vince throughout this whole episode. Like, uh, I'm yeah. sorry, I have to say it now since we're on the topic. But at some point in the night, uh, Vince is like doing an ad for like a show or something, and and Bobby's like, "What is it? What do you even say? Like, what, what did you just talk about?" And like, talk Macho Man, stockings. yeah, and Ma- Macho Man's like, "I don't even know what you talk about, but I don't want to watch it." <laughs> oh yeah, it's Silk Stockings, that old show that used to come on after on USA. It, it was it was about that, and, and that Macho was like, "Oh yeah, I don't know about Silk Silk Stockings." <laughs> <laughs> weird but yeah they, they did they messed with the bits all night which was pretty funny yeah um yeah at this point yeah getting into the finish uh it's like rick comes in uh and he's not legal and it goes out of control scott hits the frankensteiner on pierre uh after he gets tagged in rick works over Jacques, and then shenanigans take place johnny polo's got a hockey stick mm-hmm. and he tries to hit him with it and he he fucking takes it from him. Uh, Rick does, and he gets like something happens. He just gets mad, and he hits one of the Quebecers with it. It causes him to get DQ'd, so they lose the title. Yeah, there is a, a, a just a very brief like odd hesitation before he just hits him instead of just like going full rage. But I I, yeah. I, I forgive Big Papa Pup. I think he did the math real quick in his head, and then just like fuck it, mm. <laughs> I'm hitting him with this stick. I'll give a shit. Um. That was a pretty good tag match, uh, but I'm a little annoyed because the Steiners didn't really have that good of a reign. Like it was just like a few weeks, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought it was strange that the Quebecers were just suddenly in such a high profile match. It's like they just came out of nowhere. They're in this tag match for the titles. It's like what did like a bunch of shit just happen on Superstars that we didn't know about that built this up? Like <laughs> probably. And uh, the fish is DQ is. is you know, I get sometimes you DQ, but I feel like it kind of deflated the match for me just a little. So yeah, it, I want to jump in real quick just to just to make sure we're on the same page. So they they won the titles on June fourteenth. So they had them for a couple of months. Oh, but I, for some reason I, I felt like they just won them in August. I don't know no, why. They, yeah, they want well. I I know exactly why you feel that way. It's because of how Raw is booked in this weird way of like we only saw the Steiners actually like wrestle or defend them like twice. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They won them at King of the Ring. I forgot. Yeah, they had them for three months, but you only saw them on TV like three times in three months. Like, God, that's... what the fuck? Are they FTR? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's to me. That's I think that's what the problem was, but. uh 
And again, they weren't happy. Like that's, that's a more known thing. They weren't really happy with how they were being portrayed in the WWF. Although despite that, the crowd loves them. Like they're clearly over. People love them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But sorry, Dubs, what were you going to say? Um, yeah, I, the ending kind of fucking ruined it for me a little bit. Uh, because I think they, I would have rather had Johnny Polo hit one of the illegal, uh, men. Um, because I think count out, if you get a count out, you lose. So I think mm-hmm. it would have been great if like Johnny Polo took out Scott Steiner on the outside. And, you know, while, you know, <laughs> Rick Steiner is fucking going rage mode and he's not l- listening to the referee, but the referee is fucking counting and then boom, they lose. I think that so, would have been a bet better finish. So there's a good, there's some good backstory about this. I don't know how much of this you're aware. Now, of course, I'm taking podcasts and stuff into account. This is stuff I've listened to over the years. But according to what, what I, I'd listened to, um, the reason why they did this was they were supposed to be a bigger angle. Vince, because he's always thinking this way. Vince never wants a tag team to be together, right? Vince wants their tag teams only exist to break them up, right? So Vince wanted to use this as a vehicle to separate them and give Scott the push. So the idea was that Scott was going to go off on this whole like rage bender type of thing if they weren't able to to get the tag titles back. And, and they go back and forth, but I, if I recall, like they're not in WWF much longer after this because they're not happy with that plan. They didn't want to break up. So what's funny is they end up doing that like years later in WCW. And then Scott becomes Big Papa Pump and then wins the title and all that. Like, that, all that stuff happens. So it's kind of funny how that plays out. Um, but uh, it just wasn't the right time. But that kind of makes sense. Uh, I I feel a little differently about it, but the only reason why is I'm not saying it's perfect. And the only reason I'm prefacing it is because I'm going to shit on DQ matches the rest of the night because uh, the ones we're going to talk about the rest of the night are stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at least this one gave you it. It clearly gave a reason and it's an unconventional one. Like this isn't the typical way it matches where the good guys like lose their cool, but it costs them their own title. So I felt like they laid the groundwork. They did it. It wasn't a perfect like home run, but it was still like a decent try. I, I liked it enough that and it, it was different enough. I was okay with it. So I, per- I was fine permitting this. Versus if, you know, you just like I would have just been pissed if someone would just run out and attack the Quebecers and the Quebecers just would win because someone attacked them. Because technically Johnny Polo could have come out and just hit them with the hockey stick and they would have won the titles. Like that's actually the logic based on how the match would have went, which would have been fucking hilarious, but also infuriating. Right. If he comes out and he just hits them with the, the, the hockey stick and then they win the titles Mm -hmm. for no reason like that. That's technically what could have happened. So it's it's weird. I but I I was okay with it. But the the match itself was strong, like the wrestling was really good in it. Um, and it was like, oh, what's gonna happen next? And then they had a segment later on how they were gonna tie it together and and try to get them to to wrestle. I can't remember who they're gonna have him wrestle later. Was it was it Jacques that's gonna wrestle the Mountie? No, no it's Pierre against Scott. Scott, that's what it was. Okay. Um, yeah. So. I don't know what what did you give uh what rating did you give this dubs? I gave it a six point seven five out of ten. I thought it was a nice wrestling match. I thought it went on long, but I wasn't mad about it. But I was like, man, this is half the show. What else do we got left? 
Sometimes, sometimes it's like that. Sometimes they just do a match. It's like twenty minutes or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like Marty Jannetty or or Sean or or Brett or just work their ass off for twenty minutes and then a bunch of squash matches. That's yep. that's what this that's what this show is. That's their format. Uh, I give it a six point five out of ten. Okay, man, I was I must I was a lot higher on this than you guys. I. Maybe it's because I, I don't know. I, I was in a weird giving mood because, and I, to be fair, I watched WCW first. So I was pissed, but then I watched this and I was like, well, that's okay. If anything, that should have made me more mad. But for some reason I was like, this is kind of hokey, but I'll take it. Uh, no, you're, you're right. This is a better constructed DQ finish than like the other shit that happened on the other show. So, <laughs> yeah, no, that's and then that's how I compare it. So it's like, okay, I kind of forgave this and didn't like because my rule is I typically give a full point down if I if the finish falls apart like that. So I gave this seven and a quarter chases. I thought it was a really solid match and how they wrestled. I like that they explained it something a little different. They went for something could have been a little better, but it it was good. It's still a good match. Yeah. Uh, then we got Mr. Perfect versus Tony DeVito, uh, Danny DeVito's little brother. Mm-hmm. Um. He couldn't make it as a penguin stooge in uh, Batman Returns, so here he is. Uh, there's not much to say. Perfect beats DeVito like a drum, and he tries to run away at some point. <laughs> he was gets that, like, huh? Was that real? Uh, I'm not saying it's real, but at some point, fucking Mr. Perfect just starts slapping the shit out of him and like stomp on him. He does like, that he, to everybody. Okay. Yeah, that's his thing. <laughs> Yeah, it actually happens pretty early into the match. He like falls out of the ring, like he rolls out of the ring or like, lands on his feet or something, and the guy's like, "I'm get." He like cheers, and then Perfect looks over and is like, "What are you doing, you little dick?" And then he runs, he chases him to the back, and he pulls him back out like, by his ear, like he's a, he's being scolded by a parent, and yeah. he just beats his shit out of him. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. I picked up on this like every Mr. Perfect match we've watched, where he's like fighting a you know a job guy, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much what he always does. But he's working. It's not like fucking Johnny B. Bad who clearly gets pissed off because something goes wrong, mm-hmm. and he starts getting rough with him when he's supposed to be like babyface, fucking little Richard motherfucker. And then he just gets he's yanking the guy by his fucking hair and like tossing him and shit. It's okay. Uh, he gets his medicine when he gets fucking sable bombed in fucking WWF. God oh, damn yeah. it. It's one of the funniest fucking things ever. <laughs> like, Vince is like, I'm going to build Mark Marrow's fucking fire now. And the shit that he gets sable. He's going to fight Steve Austin. And then he gets powerbombed by sable. And then Stone Cold calls Vince. He's like, Well, who am I fighting now in the pay per view? <laughs> I'm, I'm not having a match with his ass. <laughs> <laughs> And he had enough cachet that he was he he was right. And Vince was like, "Fuck, I guess you're right, pal." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there was a weird part of this where like it, it was pretty much at the end, and then like he's like, "I'm gonna do the perfect plex," and then for some reason the crowd is chanting, "We want Sean." Yeah, and the- I I don't know why I like I, he's still like I thought the crowd still hated him, but maybe they're starting to turn. <laughs> Because uh, remember, it wasn't too long ago they were just straight up saying Sean is gay. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was like th- two or three months ago. <laughs> um, squash. Yeah, he he perfect plexes if it's squash. It was kind of 
looking for what it was. But it, was it was nice to see like Mr. Perfect like almost struggle with the perfect plex, by the way, because how big Tony DeVito is. <laughs> yeah. The fat and he, penguin. And he like tell there was that there was that delay. He's like, huh? And there's like this pause, just bam. <laughs> yeah. But that uh, was but that was good. And then we got like this recap of Ludwig Borga interrupting Lex Luger at the end of his celebration of a draw. Uh, we already saw this at yeah. SummerSlam. And yeah, I was just it, like, God damn it, it's the same shit. He's just like, America sucks and it's crumbling and you suck and I will eat you because you're nothing but crumbs. And uh, Ludwig um, Borga talking was the worst because he never he never stopped talking to finish a sentence. His no, sentence it, was a run-on. I'll stop you because, because America's crumbling and, and people can't get together. And that's why if you ever come and show me, then I'm going to show you what's going on because America's falling apart. And he just kept doing that circle. And I'm like, just stop fucking talking, dude. That's how Tony Khan got his speech patterns. He got it from Ludwig Borga because he also talks in a giant run-on sentence. But he, he does it at like three times speed. Yeah, it's, it's it's like more endearing because you do it super fast. It's like, oh, that's just a coke. That's just cocaine. That's just methamphetamines. <laughs> yeah. My favorite part is just watching Macho Man like get like very serious. Like, Lex, don't, don't do it. Don't do it, man. No. And he's like, has his hand on. No, no, no devil. Yeah. You can always um, tell when he's in serious mode because he takes off his glasses and he's just fucking straight face. I wish he could. <laughs> I wish he could have just worked on the roster during this time he would have been so helpful he so that's that's actually funny you say that because uh we'll, we'll talk about it after you guys are gonna be pissed if you don't know but we'll finish the show and remind me i have a surprise for you okay okay um up next is razor moon versus executioner dwayne gill is under the mask by the way is okay. it is that yeah. dwayne gill yep Damn, he's not only is he working Dwayne Gill, he's also the executioner. That's fucking. I love it. I love it when I hear about shit like that, where it's like, well, this guy is a. Uh, it was Michael Hayes in 1977, and then he was also the 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 P P man, and he wore a pea green fucking mask and a, a shitty outfit. Yeah, it's especially funny whenever it's like Dwingle's just a jobber anyway, so he just is a he's just a different jobber and he's just a jobber in different clothes here. So he's just getting the seven shades of shit beat out of him diff- two different ways. Because didn't on one of the last episodes didn't wasn't he announced to come out and and he got his ass beat? He was like yeah. that uh, that um uh, or maybe that was something else I watched, but. I can't remember. There was something I watched where Dwayne Gale came out and he was like the coach of uh, something. Oh, yeah, it was the Survivor Series 98. Not related to this. I, oh. I've been watching other wrestling. But he, he comes out to wrestle as a surprise entrant in like the Survivor Series thing. And he's like the head coach of like a peewee football team. They announce oh. it like he's some big deal. And he gets his ass beat. Mankind beats the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's real funny. That's what I was thinking about. Sorry, it's totally off topic then. But uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you, though. I like that it's multiple. I actually kind of thought because they had the execution out there that maybe that was someone else, like that was Ted DiBiase or something. I was like looking at him, and I was like, I mean, I, I knew it wasn't Terry Funk, but something about his facial structure remind, reminded me of Terry Funk. I'm like, that's not Terry. I know that's mm-hmm. not Terry. He's doing something else. He's in Japan. He's, he's taking yeah. care of his horse or something. 
Well, size difference too, because Terry's pretty pretty tall. Like there was a big difference. I, that was the thing that finally told me, okay, this is just a jobber. Because I mean, I know, like Scott's a, Scott was huge. Like Scott was what six four, six five. Yeah, he's like taller six, than five, that. Yeah. yeah, but uh, but he towered over this guy. Yeah. So way it starts is they lock up, and then he pokes Razor in the eye, and <laughs> that was like the best sell for an eye poke ever. Razor's like, oh fuck, and he like falls through the ropes, and it just looks terrible. It's like he ricochets through the fucking ropes and falls on the floor. I'm like, mm. God damn, did he mean to do that? That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> so and he, he just selling the shit out of that. And then, like, the executioner gets a couple punches on him, and then they get back in the ring. And then it turns it all turns around there because Razor hits that big ass choke slam. <laughs> I love that choke slam. The way Scott Hall does the choke slam is just sick. Mm-hmm. Um and then he does the sack of shit. Uh and he hits the super bad. He called that's what he called it, the sack of shit slam. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny though the way you just threw it because you throw it like you're throwing a sack of shit over your head. <laughs> I remember him saying that. <laughs> <laughs> The, the SOS. <laughs> yeah. uh, then he hits the super back suplex for three. And I was like, all right. And then he got up and he was like, no, Chico, it ain't over yet. It's a razor's edge just for the fuck of it. Yeah. And then, the fire the crowd. And then Vince says, IRS could be on the receiving end of this move. Because they're building up the IRS, man. I'm going to call him IRS, man. Uh, yeah. And my father. <laughs> Uh, versus uh, Razor Ramon, so I'm I'm actually excited to see how that match will go. Yeah, yeah. when you think IRS would want revenge for for him beating his his massa up, he beat Ted DiBiase up and he's gone. He he expelled him out of the, the fucking company. He's gone forever. Yeah, I, I wanted to know. I know this was no rating because it was a squash too, but uh, I actually like the finish they did. I thought that was a neat way to like. It, it's believable that that would finish the match after like slinging him around like that, but then to like still use the his finisher after, to, like because the crowd wants it. So like he was like doing fan service, and it looked his razor's edge looked brutal. Mm-hmm. Poor Dwayne. Oh, it's fine though. I always heard like that move was like one of the easiest finishers anybody could take. The way the way he did it though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Yeah, it still looked great though. But like, I, I like it when guys will finish a match with a different move occasionally. Like, it, like it's not always their finisher, especially in a case like this. If you're just beating up a job guy, like I don't know, do do a big move and it just finishes them. Yeah, just what well, makes sense, right? It's like you shouldn't have to just use your finisher to fin- like to beat them. Yeah, it's a job or he's beneath you. You can just finish him with that. And yeah, the way he would deliver it, this one it looked kind of brutal because he he just gave it standing. But a lot of times, the way he would give it is he'd go down to his knees, so he would take the initial hit, so that when the person would fall, because he's got he's a massive guy, he doesn't actually let them fall through that whole crash. But it just it was smooth the way he delivered it. It always looked good. Oh yeah, I, I figured you were gonna pull this up. Oh yeah, we got- <laughs> I, I saw this and I was like, this has Mandy Rose posing with that title all over it. <laughs> Uh, this, is, this is Mandy Rose's mom. Yeah, this is Mandy Rose's mom. Um, <laughs> so they did. So they did an ad uh, where it's like the guy looks like Danny DeVito, uh, laying in a bed, uh, and there's like this hot chick uh, with big ass titties, like like saying, "Hey, let's have sex." And he's like, "No, I'm tired. I'm tired. Uh, it's like it's just Monday. Yeah, I'm tired. It's been a long week. It's like it's nine o'clock." 
and he gets oh, excited. And he's like, wait, nine o'clock. He like, springs out the bed, turns on the TV, he's like, I'm not, I'm not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then she like rolls her eyes and I was like, you know what? I don't fucking blame her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is this shit? You're too tired to have sex. Yeah. Especially in the nineties, man. Like early nineties. I would I would take the Putang over a fucking nineties wrestling, early nineties at least. Bobby Heenan's like justifying it to he's like, leave the man alone. He wants to watch wrestling. He said, <laughs> he said Honey, if you want to do something to work up a sweat, get in the kitchen, do the dishes, or run the vacuum. And I was like, Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my I, god. Left pretty hard at that too. Uh then uh, Johnny Polo and uh, the Quebecers come out as champs. Fucking mega heat, by the way. Dude, they were getting fucking booed coming out. G- good move having them come out later in the day, uh, l- later in the show, with the titles to get that extra heat. Um, because they also I- they were acting like, like kind of vaguely gay a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like one of them kept playing with Johnny Polo's hair. He was like, mm. he was, like brushing his hair aside from his ear and shit. And then, like, I think Jacques kissed Vince. Did, is, did that happen? Like, I, I looked up and it looked, it looked like Vince recoiled or something. Like, something happened. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember seeing that. I must have missed it. But weren't they? Like, he's doing the whole thing about how, like, they're great Canadian champions and now finally they are too and they're going to put respect on the belts. Yeah. But I think they're also playing up, like, those stereotypes about, like, how, you know, people outside of America kiss each other on the face more or something. Oh, yeah, like the European greeting or whatever. You kiss on each cheek or something. Then, yeah. If you're in America, you're like, that's gay. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what they were doing. We need, we need the uh, soundboard thing. It's that clip whenever uh, it's in Kevin Hart's stand-up comedy. He talked, don't touch that. That's gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he did kiss him. He did yeah. kiss him. I just saw it out of the corner of my eye because I was like taking notes real quick. And I was kind of like halfway glancing at the TV. was like, did he kiss him? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah like Vince is like are you going to give him a rematch pal and they're like nope because we worked for seven years to get these titles yeah Vince looks very uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like so what if you give them a, what, you know one of the Steiners a single match will you do that and then Johnny Polo just starts talking he's like yeah we'll do that and it kind of looks like they don't want to do it but it's too late yeah <laughs> like, so, I think they agree like if you if he beats him, if he if he beats him, then they have to give them a title rematch. Yeah. If, yeah. if, if Scott beats Pierre, they'll get a rematch. That's that's the stipulation. I was yeah. getting a little annoyed because I was like, oh man, are they gonna like do the old switcheroo? Be like, oh my god, they lost the titles, and then later tonight they get him back. Nah, I, that's, Vince wasn't doing that kind of shit back then. And I was like. Good, like I like that it ended. Like, nah, man, fuck you, fans. You ain't getting a match. And I was like, good. Are we, in, are we in? Uh, are, are we in Shawn Michaels' hometown? Well, it's time for him to fucking do a job. <laughs> <laughs> you never win in your hometown. You always disappoint them. Because uh, yep. next they, time you might not. The, my favorite part of this whole segment is when the Steiners came out, and then Scott kept saying shit and getting bleeped like you couldn't like he was just getting bleeped out like hard (laughs) he was already big pop and pop by that point he was was, (laughs) 
Go get me a mic. He's <laughs> fat. I'm yeah, hungry. There it is. <laughs> I mean, though, Pierre is kind of fat. He's kind of chunky a little bit. Yeah, he eats, uh, you can tell he eats the poutine. Then we got. Wait, what? wait. Before what? you before you get in that, did you hear the uh, the racist thing that Bobby Heenan said to uh, that uh, TV show where Macho Man was on the 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 union thing, whatever? Like You're talking about the telethon. Yeah, the telethon. Jerry Lewis was there, and he's like, he said something like uh, something. something like, Jerry Lee Lewis, and then he's like, "No, I'm not. I'm not Jerry Lee Lewis." And then he he said something else about another Lewis. I don't remember. It was, it was kind of funny. I just can't remember that first one. Yeah, it was a female. I can't remember who it was. I don't remember what it was either. It was really funny though. But he quit. He like very quickly was like, the "Hell's matter with you? <laughs> I'm Jerry Lewis. Damn it." <laughs> got a problem? He's like, "Yeah, I'm a Jew in heat or something." I'm like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> It's like he said it about himself, so it's like okay, I guess. Like, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, that was kind of funny. Uh, then we got Rich Myers versus Doink. Main event, Doink, man. Main event, event Doink. Doink should well, be the main event mafia. It's kind of the main event. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, Doink's hairline is receding. Uh, he might need to get some help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. Rich Myers looks like every awkward nerd who wanted a Camaro in the early 90s. <laughs> he's got that shitty little mustache and he has like the, the mullet. Like he's got too much mullet. Uh, see, I, I, I kind of think the same thing, but I, I was thinking more like Trans Am. Trans Am, it's interchangeable. I mean, they were both under the GM umbrella anyway, so it's, it's fine. <laughs> okay. We're on the same page. He, he definitely had the look to me like he... He owned, uh, he owned a Trans Am, and the passenger seat had a grease spot in it. And he's like, "Yeah, you know what that spot is." <laughs> At that point, it would have been the fire, the Firebird, and the fucking the Camaro. That's yeah. that's what it was. So. And he listens to Leonard Skinner, probably, or he listens yeah. to Rush. Thirty uh, eight special. <laughs> uh, Myers gets some offense. He he tries to attack Doink from behind, but then Doink just turns around and. Belly belly suplexes the shit out of him. <laughs> it was it was a big one, and after that, Doink just beats the fuck out of him the whole match, doing big moves, uh, even some kind of like moves you wouldn't really see that often back then, like a pump handle slam. Um, and then he does a whoopee cushion for three. He squashed him. Yeah, uh, but Squash. like be- before that, he did the thing where he, he came out with like buckets and he was throwing like confetti on fans and. It, one time he had water, so he was he was trolling everybody. And then yeah. once the match is over, he co- he rolls back out and he pulls another bucket out from under the ring. And then uh, he look he acts like he's gonna throw it on the fans, and Heenan's like, "No, no, no," because he thinks this was the water. And he's like, "Forget the humanoids, go over there." And he, he points to the commentary booth. <laughs> he wants him to like throw it on Macho Man and Vince. And then he's like, uh, okay. And he acts like he's gonna do it, and then he turns around and hits Bobby with it. <laughs> my only my only thing that I'm kinda annoyed with Macho Man about is like he feuded with Doink, right? And he does kind of like I can't be your man not with this guy, no, and all that stuff. But like he gets into a mode like don't fucking 
put water on me. What are you doing? <laughs> like, it, it seems like they break character, well, both Vince and Macho. Because, again, uh, there's, like, elect- electricity over there. Uh, that's what I was thinking. It looked like he was going to electrocute them. There's a bunch of soundboards and shit. So if he throws water over there, it's like, oh, I just murdered my boss. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, think about those uh, early 90s power strips and shit. Yeah, it's very in character for Doink though. He's like, ha 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 ha. He just electrocutes two people. <laughs> but that's the thing though. It's with this segment that that Doink has ended. But yeah, this is, this is Doink's happy baby Doink. turn, obviously. Because after that, it's like, did he, did he turn babyface? Mm-hmm. Or is he tweener now? No, he came back out. And he had a confetti bucket. And he threw it on people. I'm like, he's a babyface. Yeah. It's over. They killed so- Doink. Do you know what the, the main event for the night was? It was a dark match that we didn't get to see. What? Bret Hart and Randy Savage. Oh! <laughs> yep, hold on. They beat Bam Bam Bigelow and Yokozuna. No! Oh, come on, man. I'm, wow. so, I'm so pissed that we didn't get that match. Why is that the dark match to close? And we closed it with just doing throwing confetti on people. We Don't get me wrong. Doink now. I like I like that we got the the time that we did in the tag match, but you could have easily cut five minutes of that match out or a little more, and and given us the the Bret Hart match. Are you kidding me? Bret Hart and Macho Man teaming up. God damn. Yeah. Now to be fair, they won by DQ. Wow. Well, I would have been, been fine. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like that's fine. It can be you have enough star power at a certain point where a DQ won't really piss you off unless they do it really stupidly. Uh, yeah, but yeah, uh, they tell us next week though. Yeah, Scott versus Pierre, Bam Bam's in action, Mr. Perfect's in action, Erwin R. Scheister is in action, and we'll get a special interview with Bret Hart. Also, there's this King in the Ring game, and they didn't show any footage for it. I know, <laughs> yeah. They're just like these really shitty, like two forty by one twenty eight, like JPEGs. <laughs> yeah, like you yeah. like you like Bret Hart, you like King of the Ring, buy like, our game, <laughs> like video games. Yeah, I just here, take it. Pixels sucked. That one sucked. Yeah. Yes, it did. So of course, that last match was a squash. The narrating. I. What do you guys think of the show overall? Dubs, what do uh, you think? Hold on, hold on. Fuck. So yeah, for soundboard. Yeah, but no, the the peacock thing just started playing fucking WCW on me. Um, it's fine. Steiner match was good. I agree with Chaz since he brought me that intel. Now uh, it kind of makes me wonder. Maybe cut some of that match and maybe get rid of one of those squash matches, and we get that you know infamous Bret Hart and Macho Man, but. Usually, they probably wanted to end the show a little higher note because Doink just technically turned face, by the way. Which, by the way, I, I like that he came out again and Vince is like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, that's a pretty classic thing that Vince would do. Vince was very well known for after shows. They would do a dark match, and they would they would usually have some pretty big dark matches. Mm-hmm. Like There have been plenty of times where people that were injured but weren't back yet come out and did a dark match. Or like people they didn't know. Like John Cena has done that several times where he, wasn't even, he hadn't even been with the company for a while, and he just showed up and did a dark match. Uh like stuff like that to surprise people. So it's it's not too unheard of. But I feel like with this being in, in the infancy of Raw, like it's you want to put your big stars on, it's just a little confusing. I since you brought up John Cena, 
Everything that comes to mind that's like kind of not on camera is when he like stood on the table at one of the pay per views. He's like, "We have compromised and killed Osama bin Laden." <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> people are USA, USA. <laughs> <laughs> I know okay. about that. God I'm so glad you brought this up. Okay, I'm I'm so glad you brought this up. Great story. I I was in a bar, pissed drunk, and I checked my phone, and someone is literally the words that came out of someone's mouth. I'm on the bar. Someone goes, John Cena just told the whole world that we killed Osama bin Laden, <laughs> and the bar went ape shit, and we all got free drinks. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah, and they started playing like uh the fucking. The country song. I can't remember the uh the guy's name. The guy sings uh Toby Keith. Toby Keith, thank you. His, I put a boot in your ass. <laughs> oh my God. That is 100% the song they started playing. <laughs> I was stuck at work. <laughs> oh yeah, I just remember that happening. I'm thinking, what? And then no one questioned at all that John Cena is the one that broke this to the world. That's what was so random. No one no one was questioning it. It was to happen. I, Why I just feel lie to us. It's funny because it's just I he's standing on the table and he, then he does like the fucking salute because <laughs> he's in the Marine movie and he respects those soldiers. <laughs> he's a Marine brother. But anyway, I the show is decent. Um, I give it a, like a six point five out of ten. Nice. Yeah, I uh, I gave it six and three quarter chazes. A little higher on that that other match, but I, I thought it was a good show. I did note that the one thing that I've, I've noticed is just there's just that that very clear pattern of they'll book one long match and several squashes, or in the rare occasion we'll get just all squashes and, and promo bits, like a long segment, and then we don't actually get a match. That's happened once or twice. So um, it'd be nice to be able to rate more than one match on a show but the mo right now is one one feature match and then all the others are just like squashes to push whoever's the next big thing but it's on rotation which is kind of weird so Mm. that's fine uh i thought the tag match was pretty good uh i can definitely say i didn't see that ending coming um show kind of trailed off for me at the end uh i'm I took a note. Razor needs to change his offense a little bit when he's doing a squash. Cause he, I've seen him do, we've seen him do like several squashes at this point and they all kind of have the same sequence. Uh, it's like now it's changed up a little bit because he's a baby face. Where mm-hmm. like he got poked in the eye. And he sold for like a fucking minute, but it's all, he always, he'll hit that choke slam He'll do the sack of shit. He'll hit the back suplex. <laughs> Just a little tweak. He's not going to yeah. listen because this has already happened. I can't change the past. It's 30 yeah. years. Yeah. I Actually, I made a comment that's very similar to that about something in WCW. I literally wrote it down, and it's it's kind of like that, but uh, in a different way, much harsher. Um, I do also think that he's pretty generous in his matches. Like his squash matches, he's, he's pretty generous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he he would always like sell a little bit more for something. Even when he was a heel, a little bit he'd let a guy fucking hit him a couple times and do something. I I like that because it's in a way it's a little more genuine. I mean, when you have someone that's skinny that's a little bony, 
their their punches are not just like oh it's nothing like it fucking stings a little bit uh so like if he gets a couple off i feel like i i th- that's believable uh, mm-hmm. But when when you have someone just straight up destroy someone and you do it over and over again, it's like, yeah, I get it. He's powerful. But fuck, man, is, is someone going to get a punch off? You know, like Goldberg? No, yeah. fuck me, Goldberg. Tell me you can't wait until we start seeing Goldberg. Yeah. I hope he Go- punches more windshields, that fucker. <laughs> yeah, fucking <laughs> asshole. Uh, Doink is ruined now. It's over. I'm yeah. probably not going to be able to enjoy Doink anymore. But I'm pretty sure original, original Doink's on his way out of the company uh, soon anyway. Matt, uh, oh, my God. I, I used to remember Born. his name. Matt Bourne. Matt Bourne, Matt Bourne. Yeah. You know what really, what really sucks about this is actually – this is actually the turning point. Like, we're, we're effectively at the turning point for the Steiners, too. Yep. Like, the Steiners and Doink. Like this is like – this this actual show was important because this and is the turning point too. for both. Yeah, Heenan's yep. going to be gone yeah. and over at WCW by the end of the year. With Gene. Mean Gene. With Gene, that's right. Gene's going over too. Mean Gene. Uh, mean Gene. There'll be some switcheroos. There, there will be some swap skis. But yeah, uh, speaking of that. Yeah. Six out of ten. Nice. Okay. They were pretty close uh, in our scores. We're on that six ballpark. Okay. So WCW time. WCW Saturday night. Yeah. This is a go home show before War Games. Uh, yeah, Fall Brawl. Literally yeah. the next night. Yeah. So we <laughs> there's some storylines that we're missing because obviously we like skipped a little bit. Uh, but the Shockmaster uh, is in the crowd sitting with children. He has a hard hat on. And he has a hard hat on. <laughs> so it's like he's. He's got a. It's like they said, "Shut the fuck up and wear a helmet." <laughs> like literally. No, he's he's got that stupid fucking face too. Like he's just mm-hmm. fucking staring with his mouth fucking open. Uh, <laughs> the they, made, they made his gimmick that he he falls, that he's a klutz now, and Jesse's talking actively talking shit about him on commentary. I mean, I don't even know if they had to make his gimmick that he falls or he's clumsy. Fucking Jesse Ventura will never let you forget it. Every no. <laughs> 10 seconds he kept bringing it up who's going to fumble be careful I wouldn't take a seat I wouldn't have bought a ticket if uh, and sit next to him if I'd have known he's the one there he might fall on me <laughs> he, just talking, he just talking so much shit about him never let you live that shit down that's the kind of guy he is I like know. when he's like one of those children going to get black eye if he just moves his elbow yeah <laughs> 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 so like I love, I love that type of stuff. Like Tony has clearly moved on and is like calling play by play, and, and he just hasn't let that shit go, and he's just still going on about jokes about the Shockmaster. <laughs> that shit's so funny. He just won't let it go. Oh my god! So was Harlem Heat being stalked by the police all batch? <laughs> it seemed like the police was only for Harlem Heat. Yeah, because they, they're troublemakers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're Harlem. runaway slaves. <laughs> they all listen. You can say what you want. Fucking Colonel Parker brought them in. I know. And, it's just funny. Fucking, well, let's go over this real quick because, like, I actually have it down in my thing here, and I say after this, I will no longer. I've refused to go by their slave names, and they will forever be known after as Stevie Ray and Booker T. They will <laughs> eventually make that, but they are literally Kane and Cole. 
I know. <laughs> like, and he and whenever I guess they get they get de- debuted or whatever, it's it's already happened now. But it, it, they literally are debuted, and it literally looks like a guy is like, oh, I brought my slaves in to do my job. It it is the optics are fucking terrible. Like, what in the fuck were they thinking? I don't fucking know. <laughs> they just, quickly dropped that. They didn't have Parker come out with them, obviously. It, it just looks so awkward with the police there. Because, like, when Stevie Ray comes out, like, the police are, I'm like, well, what is that all about? <laughs> and then, like, the Harlem Heat was uh, in the the tunnel, and the cops were blocking them. <laughs> but, like, all the other wrestlers, when shit was hitting the fan, assaulting each other, nope, no cops bothering them. <laughs> but yeah, it looks racist as shit, so what it looks like. Yeah. It looks pretty bad. Yeah. And, and it's not like, we, we know that that's not, like, the whole MO, right? Because, uh... Fucking who is champion just recently? Uh, Simmons, like Ron Simmons didn't have that. Like too he, cold he doesn't either. Too cold doesn't get that vibe. Yeah, like you don't you don't have that vibe there for the other performers. So it, it's just it's a bad optics thing. Like they they're it's like you said they're there because they're supposed to be like bad guys. Like they're trying to make them more dangerous. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. but it just looks really racist because you just said, "Oh, the only black guys we put on television better have the cops nearby." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really fucking bad. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, but, it's like, oh yeah, Rick Rick Rude's being being really villainous over here. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> These black guys in the tunnel. No, <laughs> we got to put the PD on the front oh, gate god. over here. That's what I want to see. I, I want to see the picture because I'm sure it happened on camera. It's like Sid Vicious is beating the immortal piss out of someone over like in the corner with like weapons and shit. And where are the cops? Cops are watching a, a poor black kid in the in the stands with a windbreaker on, enjoying the show. <laughs> like that's that's the optics they're shooting for. It's not. It does not look good. Uh, oh man, it's rough. But yes, I will no longer. Again, we will. If I talk about them the rest of the show, uh, not just this show, but any other show, they will be known as Stevie Ray and Booker because that's who they are. Okay. Cole. What? Whatever. That. <laughs> I, yeah, it's dumb. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather call Booker GI Bro. I mean, come on, GI Bro. Jesse <laughs> <laughs> uh, brings up, uh, yeah, the shock master thing. We talked about that already. Yeah, so it's uh, uh, Kane or uh, Stevie Ray against Sting, and they started the match off, and I was like, "Damn, Sting's opening a match on Saturday night." All right, uh, and I was like, "God damn, I forgot how big Stevie Ray was." Yeah, mm-hmm. he's tall as shit. <laughs> he's huge, and yeah. that's the thing. Stinks on a slouch, which I, like even Jesse says that. Jesse's like, you guys don't realize it's like Sting is not a bad, like a small guy. He big. Oh Steve yeah, Harris dwarfs him. Like, ah, uh, he looked good. He was he was like a hell of a monster out there. Yeah, like like Sting. It starts off, and I like this too. Like this is a short. Man, I'm gonna get into that because there's not much to say. But like Sting tries to mm-hmm. shoulder block him, and it just doesn't work. What? And then he's like, okay, so psychologically Sting is smart. So instead of like, you know how a lot of other wrestlers just do their shit all the time without thinking about it? Mm-hmm. It's like, Sting, like well, and I don't know if they discussed it backstage or whatever. Just They probably just t- brought thought of this shit in the ring. He's like, well, I'm going to start doing like other stuff, like try to pin you or whatever. So that's what Sting does. He tries to use his speed. He starts trying to do pinning combinations and shit, and it 
kind of works, but then Stevie Ray just keeps kicking out, and he just keeps beating on him. <laughs> he yeah. punches him in the face, like hits him over the back. Um, it beats the hell out of him. He does for a little bit, yeah. And then mm-hmm. uh, he shoves Sting away, bounces off the rope, and Sting grabs a headlock, and then he takes him over. And it's like, okay. And then Stevie Ray gets up. He hits him a few times. Body slams him. And then Kane, or Kane. So you get, uh, Stevie That's Ray, okay. fuck it. Kane Ray gets up on the second rope. <laughs> he goes for an elbow drop and he misses. Hmm. And I was like, God damn, he just tried to do an elbow drop. That's crazy. But he goes to put up, put on the Scorpion Death Lock. And uh, Cole, Cole T runs out and he breaks up the, the thing. He breaks up the hole and he causes a DQ. Yeah, so. yeah. That, I thought the match actually was going pretty well. Uh, I, I liked it because I liked the psychology of how Sting was wrestling a very different match than what he normally does, and he was like, he kind of had that look like, oh, I'm on my toes. Like this is weird. Is is in familiar territory. Um, and then he started to make his comeback, but uh, but the again, just just with the other uh, match later on, the DQ just such a just a. I, it's such a bad finish. It's just a bad climactic finish to just throw someone out there and just make the dick flaccid. Here, like yeah, immediately just kills the mood of the match. Yeah, here's my thing about it is they put in all the guys and that were gonna be in the war games match at Fall Brawl mm-hmm. and matches tonight in two different ones. And both of them ended in DQ. So that they could that so that all hell could break loose and then be like, oh Fabra War Games. Exactly. It's stupid. Why like, even doing have it, doing it once? Why even have this match? It's like you could have just cut Sting and uh Kane Ray and <laughs> could have done something else. Kane Ray. I am I'm gonna start doing it now. I'm gonna call him Kane Ray and Cole Kane T. Ray. Cole T. Oh Jesus. Cole. <laughs> yeah. I figured uh, out, by the way, when you showed the cut of the, the cops staring there, I figured out what it was. Because someone probably brought it up backstage. It's like, well, it look a little racist if we put cops out there. It's like, nah, we'll get one of those Milano cops. <laughs> <laughs> they got a cop that's half black. They were like, I'll, we'll put him in a uniform. It won't look racist. <laughs> it uh, still looks fucking racist. It was a 5.4 out of 10 for 5. what 4. it was. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll go ahead. I gave it a 5.2 out of 10. The point two because of Sting. I think if it was anybody else, I think it would have been just an average match. Yeah. Stevie looked, uh, Stevie looked good, but I don't know. I know at some point Stevie, after that uh, Harlem Heat run, he kind of fizzles out. Uh, and Booker T carries the team most of the time. Uh, but he looked good. He looked okay. To be fair, they have a hell of a run. Mm-hmm. I would say it goes a while. So, um, so I, I actually, I was a little higher on it. I, I gave it five and three quarter chances. I mean, the finish was like, bleh. like, I feel like the, the actual match, maybe I was just high on it. Cause I, I was a little stanger. I don't know. I watched it. And I was like, Oh, sting, sting gets extra points. And then I took them away. Cause finish was brant. So anyway, I, I, I didn't like it. I get too that they like did the whole plot device thing where they had people run in and and it ended up being like a bit of a brawl and then Dustin Rhodes got his his like leg messed up and it's like oh how's he gonna compete in the main event 
and that was like a, an angle. It's like, yeah, you could have done that backstage without interrupting a match. Yeah. Like it's like you said, what was the point? And that the business leads into that because they, they're beating Sting down and then Dustin comes out and Sting, they throw Sting out and they start concentrating on him. And then they do that double team mover. I think uh, Stevie does the backbreaker. Booker does, he does a knee drop to his fucking face. It looked mm. brutal. Like that's to start to do the taser cell again. <laughs> He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Sting saw what was going on, but he was like, oh shit. So he was like, he was kind of smart. He went to go get like a chair, but he took too long. <laughs> it's like by the time he got the chair, it was too late. The damage had been done. <laughs> uh, come back from commercial and they're hyping up the war games at fall brawl and they yeah. give us the, the, the layout is Sting, Dustin, Bulldog, and Shockmaster versus Harlem Heat, Vader, and Sid. And I'm like, this should be a fun match even with Shockmaster. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the, the thing is when they were telling us the rules of war games and everything, I was like, man, the production values for this are dated. They look like a PowerPoint presentation in the 80s and PowerPoint didn't exist yet. Yeah, because <laughs> they had the spinning text every time they transitioned. That background where it's just like that fucking gradient, that orange to black. It just uh-huh. looks like something you see on like a a high school, middle school VHS tape. That one day, it's like we're gonna watch a video class. It's some bullshit about like how frogs mate or something. I don't know. <laughs> to be fair, their 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 production value stays like that for a while. I, I know it's like they don't get that extra Ted Turner money until Nitro, I guess. It, yeah. <laughs> it's that pre-Nitro money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I love this. It goes into this video package where they're hyping the violence of war games. <laughs> it's like it's really funny because of the music and all like the random like zoom ins, and it's like in black and white. It's like doo doo doo. And it shows like that that thing where Sid tried to power bomb fucking Pillman, and he forgot the ceiling was up there, so he just hit him, stopped him on his head. It shows Flair bleeding again. He's like, "Oh God!" And Arn Anderson's like freaking out. Yeah, there's just all this chaos, and I said it's amazing because it comes off like the live action opening cinematic of RE One. That's like the cinematography and the editing of like this whole thing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Look, a mansion. Joseph. <laughs> uh, then we got uh, Chaz's favorite tag team, Arn Anderson and Paul Roma against Mike Thor and Todd Z. <laughs> oh, man. I, remind me, because I don't, I don't remember because space and time are irrelevant whenever Paul Roma is on camera. But... Was the promo before or after? It was after. Okay, that's that's what I thought. Okay, we're gonna talk about that. But go what? on and wait. So, like, what would you rather take? Would you rather take Paul Roma wrestling or Paul Roma talking? Oh my god! I know it's like that's like you're in a piss pool and like, do you like come up to take the shit that's gonna come down, or do you go beneath the piss just to like 
be under a giant pool of piss? Like, which, which do you take? I think I'd go full <laughs> sterile. I, I would give my left <laughs> testicle to never watch him wrestle and I, ever again, and I would give my right testicle to never hear him talk again. You know what, Paul? And, Roma, I'll just, and I'll just take testosterone pills the rest of my life. Can't be that bad. You know what, Paul Ooh. Roma reminds me? It's like you know when you go to a barbecue and you go to the food table, right? You get your sandwich, you get you get all the other food, and then you get to like the potato salad and the coleslaw. You look at the potato salad, you're like, it's good, uh, but it's been in the sun for about like five hours. <laughs> 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 That's Paul Roma in a nutshell. Oh, <laughs> gross! <laughs> Bad aftertaste. Yeah. Yep. I, so, I I will agree. Except I'm going to say deviled eggs because I think he's got it. That's the one thing he has going for him. He has a good look, but it's generic. But he he looks. He's got a good build. Muscle guy, so tan. He's kind of dressed like he's he's got a good presentation, kind of like a deviled egg. If a deviled egg's made the right way, it looks kind of good. For the record, I don't like deviled eggs, but they can look kind of yeah. cool in decoration. But especially if it's set out, like he's, that's gross. His I last name it. is Roman. He, he looks kind of Gucci, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also got those those sweet airbrushed four horseman tights. The, those those tights are sick. I can't mm-hmm. take that away from. Him. <laughs> uh. Or in a school, these job guys, and that's when they – I must have missed this when I was writing my notes, but they show a big fat guy sitting in the crowd, and he's wearing a hard hat, and then Jesse says, that's the Shockmaster, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I was, like, really confused by that. I'm like, so they just dropped the whole Stormtrooper helmet shit, all that stuff. Yeah. I sort of point out that, that they, they are that self-aware that Paul Roma is so – such the antithesis of entertainment that they they had to use the Shockmaster to get over value on television. Well, at least you know the Shockmaster is that. entertaining. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. It just oh <laughs> man, <laughs> yeah. The they they know, but you just let me. I'll let you all go about talking about what you think of things. I'm and I'm going to read word for word what I wrote because I think it just handles it the best way. Well, don't worry because I just got one sentence left and I'm done. Which is Arn wrestles great as usual. Roma comes in and does some decent stuff, but he has no physical charisma. Squash. It's very, very matter of fact about it. What do you, what do you say, Dubs? What do you say. I love Arn Anderson. Uh, I think this is probably one of the worst four horsemen runs ever <laughs> with him and Paul Roma. It feels so disjointed. It doesn't really feel like they're a group right now either. It kind of feels like Darby mm-hmm. Allen and Sting. <laughs> this feels like Darby Allen and Sting, except like instead of Darby Allen, you got like this jacked up fucking goofball who has no he has no factor. Oh, like EC three? No, EC three has talent. He's oh, yeah. he may be like you know out of his gourd or something, but like and apparently he does cocaine according to the the Velveteen Dream. <laughs> but but yeah. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't feel like they're a group at the moment. It, they always feel like they're weird and disjointed right now. And we're, who's the fourth horseman? Yeah, it really isn't. It? It, yeah, their group is just fragmented. It's weird. Well, later down the road, you get the family man. Right? Oh, yeah. All, all the Steamboat. American hero. Ricky Steamboat's an American hero. He's also yeah. a family man. That was his theme for, for a while. 
Yeah, I was going to say I could keep going, but I feel like all the things I'm going to say are going to be rookie steamboat. I saw until, meme until I get to he murdered his wife and child, and then you're like, oh, that wasn't Ricky. Redacted. I Redacted. saw this. I saw this meme on the cringy, the wrestling cringe uh, thing on Facebook, uh-huh. where somebody was wearing a shirt that said "Happy Benoit Day." Oh my god! It's this guy. Even. Well, Even I terrible. wouldn't go that far. <laughs> oh, that's that's so bad. So bad. All right. You guys, it's what I was going to send to you if, uh, if I wasn't able to make the show. All right. So if match lasted no time for a tag program. Even so, Paul Roma makes time stand still and not in a good way. Arn looks so tired. His shoulders must be on fire at this point. The promo, uh, the promo that Roma cuts afterwards made my balls hurt. I felt like Arn even stumbled only because he was trying to ignore the blood draining from his ears when Roma was struggling to do that thing humans do to tell people their intentions. You know, fucking talk. I feel sort of guilty being so harsh, but he's had 30 years to reconcile with his utter failures. No rating uh, to the match, but I gave three chazes on that turd of a promo. Do you have any thoughts on the promo, Dobbs? No, just that um, he kind of looks like a retarded uh, Shamrock. Um, <laughs> that's about it. If they tried to clone Shamrock and it failed, he was just like a <laughs> mongoloid version of him. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I, it, it's always funny because like Paul Roma would say something really fucking like not inspiring. Like he was trying to sound cool. But he's not cool. And then Arn Anderson had to like save him. Yeah, Arn Anderson would say something, and he does say stuff that's cool. Yeah, uh, but even then, like Arn stumbled a little bit. But I really do think it's because like he he's like pr- like trying to talk and come up with something to say, but also processing. Like I gotta say this dipshit again. There's like a charisma singularity standing next to him. Yeah, I mean it's, <laughs> the wrestling <laughs> black hole. My favorite part of it, though, was like, I, I noticed this during the promo, but it was like he was standing uncomfortably close to him and he kept staring at his like his face when he mm-hmm. was talking like it was weird. <laughs> Tony in the back. Yeah. He's so fucking bored. My edgy comment that's going to get us canceled for the week. Tony Roma's like. Like, as you said, the singularity, the the charisma black hole. It is so black, the cops should have been watching him. Damn! <laughs> I like yeah, that it. That guy's like, damn. Anyway. Damn! damn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I missed oh, man. Uh, but, like, he, he kept standing, like, really close. To, I don't understand, like, the mics there, but, like, when you're not talking, why are you so close? But then I realized that they were supposed to do this thing where they were supposed to say the same thing at the same time. Like, it was cute. Like they were twinsies or something. Uh, and he fucked it up anyway. <laughs> well, and then what the funny thing too is the content of what they're talking about. Arn's literally selling how how harsh War Games is. And like that's literally what he's talking about. He's talking about how he's lived through those those trials and all this stuff. And Paul Roma just standing there looking like a goddamn potato with his with the face penciled on. Keep staring at Arn Anderson's nose hair or something. I don't. I don't know why. Oh. But 
They, but they're, they're setting up a match. They're going to have a match with the Nasty Boys. And I'm like, I don't know about that. That one sounds like it could be rough. There's only one guy in that whole match that can wrestle well. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the saddest part is that it's it's one of those matches where the Nasty Boys are not the worst wrestlers in the match. Like, I'm not saying they're, like, total shit, because, like, depending on who they could get in a match with, they could do okay. Yeah, they're, well, they're just really stiff, and they have a very specific style of, like... They have a not... brawl, wild, brawly kind of style. If they work yeah. with the right guy, guys, it'll work, but... Yeah, they weren't going Iron Man match with, with Bret Hart. No. That was never, that was never <laughs> happening. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember what it was. We watched... Me and Dubs watched something one time from before, and... I think it was the Nasty Boys were fighting the Heart Foundation or some shit. Yeah. They were like, they were sucking the oxygen out of like the first three rows, but they, they hanged in there. Hmm. <laughs> uh, then we got this guy, Chris Cruz, and he's, he's in charge of the Fall Brawl Control Center. I miss Uncle Eric. Uh, <laughs> we got the, he talks about the main event. Oh, my God, there it is. I'm getting to that. Nice train, baby. Woo! <laughs> Rick Flair, Rick Rude for the WA title, the, the tag match. Ricky Stebo versus Lord Steven Regal for the TV title. Ice the return of Ice Train. This this fucking match? Come on. Cactus Jack versus the Oshiquan. Yeah. Yeah. He can't, he can't get the Asiatic nerve hold on him. No. Cactus got too much hair. <laughs> well, I'm 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 hyped to see Ice Train. Uh yeah, and there's also Charlie Norris versus Big Sky, who's apparently a big Native American star. That's what they said. I'm like, okay. Uh, Cactus cut a promo. It was actually a pretty reserved promo for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, he's letting him know, Yoshi, I'm, this shit's been building up, brother, and I'm going to take it out all on you in one night. He didn't even say bang, bang. Nah. Also, did he lose weight? He looks like he, he's a little slimmer. Yeah, he's got that. Uh, no, he looks buffer too. Look at the chest. He must have. He must have took that time off and lost a little weight and worked out a little bit. <laughs> got, got the shape in Cleveland. Yeah. Found a good gym in Cleveland. Found a good gym in Cleveland. <laughs> uh, then yeah, there they are. It's Regal and Sir William. I love this shit. Every time Sir William gets ready to say something, Regal just says, "Shut up, be quiet, peasant," <laughs> and he just start, he starts talking for him, and. It calls t- Tony a humble knave for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he called him a knave. But he wanted to wrestle this Paula fellow. But now Steamboat has the title, so he can't. So he's just going to have to suffer his wrath. Like, I want to point out something that's great. So if you, if you guys watch bits where uh, Regal's been on commentary on AEW, Yes. Where he gives, he's always giving shit and he's doing like that really weird, like eccentric old man. I'm going to say something really gay to (laughs) to someone. He he keeps calling Excalibur a masked little tart that he wants to eat up. (laughs) He he keeps doing that shit. Like he'll like tussle fucking Tony Schiavone's hair and shit. (laughs) It's fucking weird. It's so funny though, because he does it. He's like, I can get away with it. I'm just an old gentleman. He's, but, uh, he, he's just going out there being really jocular with them. It's like strange. <laughs> it, it is. It's, it's but it's great though. I like it. But uh, he uh, 
he was on uh, for MJF's match uh, yesterday, the the opening match, and they were talking. He was like, "Yeah, MJF went too far. Like, you know, I was a villain in my day." And he like apologizes for what he did to Tony. He's like, "Yeah, but you know, I was uh, I was always absurd, but I never took any liberties with those who didn't perform in the ring." I guess talking about like hitting hitting Tony or hitting and you know someone outside of a performer or something like that. But the way he kept saying it, he just kept saying take any liberties without explaining it. It sounded like he was talking about raping the people. It's like I never yeah, I never took any of the announcers or interviewers to the back and had my way with them. Yeah, he wasn't like Heidenreich or something. <laughs> but it's like he intentionally worded it that way and just left it really vague and then eventually he, he straight up just said it like he finally like after minutes of doing it he said yeah i'd never punch i never punched you tony i said a lot of mean things to you and then this he, he calls him a humble knave and i'm like yes you were so mean <laughs> the whole tie-in is great <laughs> so you got uh uh paul ordorf versus dave hart uh, the ninth heart son, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> now this guy's heart with with an E. He Hardy. Uh, Paul just I'm... tramples this guy. It's not even like a contest at all. He just beats I, the fuck out of this guy. The, the squash is squash. I'm yeah. tired of Paula Chance. Stop it, fans. I'm sick Stop of it. it. <laughs> but they keep doing it. They keep egging it on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. I noticed there's like a point where the, the crowd does kind of like it's not the wave, but they do something that's kind of like a wave, and they they chant Paula at him. Oh yeah, I see. Yeah. They're doing like they're doing the fucking Jungle Boy. Oh oh oh. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> that's uh, what it is. Oh yeah. man. But uh, he kills this guy with power driver, and then I almost called it. I wrote a little thing in the parentheses because I was typing. And I looked up, and I, I, I saw that I actually typed Paul Driver. Not Pile Driver, Paul Driver. I like that. I like that better. <laughs> Paul Driver. <laughs> but yeah, uh, they, they keep yelling Paula at him. He's going to go to UWF. Oh, shit. Uh, I dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, he hits him with another pile driver and then he starts just beating this guy down. And then Steamboat comes out to save him because he's babyface. And then uh, take notes, everybody. Like, how many times, how many segments can you do where like somebody's getting their ass kicked in, outside Look at of the No, no, I gotta, I gotta interrupt you. They're seeing an assault happening right in front of their eyes and they're not doing anything. It's because it's, it's, it's an officially uh, recognized wrestling assault. Yeah, they're not gonna hit a muscular white woman. <laughs> He's trans. Oh my yes. god, this freeze frame. <laughs> uh, there's Steamboat there, but I was gonna say like I'm getting sick of seeing segments where like somebody gets beat down and it's clearly out of the bounds of the match and like nobody fucking does anything. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that guy has no friends. There's no baby faces that are just like, that's not right. And they try to save him, and all the referees don't come out. It's only occasionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so somebody needs to come out. It just makes sense that a baby face would, would come out one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, but Steamboat tries to save him, but then Regal comes up there and he hits him with his umbrella and he fucking breaks it. Dude, that looked hurt. Like, that looked like it hurt. <laughs> I don't think it hurt. Umbrellas are like flimsy as fuck. Yeah, and it could have been worked too. Like, yeah. that's, I mean, that's how a lot of those things are. So, but, uh, mm. 
pretty much beat them up till referees pull them all away, like I was saying should happen. So mm-hmm. uh, that was that segment. That was then, a squash. Squash. Yep. yep. Uh, main event time. Oh boy. Rick Rude said against Ric Flair, Dustin. And yeah, Dustin's coming out. He, he needs help. Like Sting's <laughs> helping out. He's like his lips quivering and shit because he's in so much pain. <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's pretty good. He's going, oh he's going for there, there's the there's the brothers right there. They're trying to get into the show and they won't let him. And, <laughs> and the match starts and Sid's just beating up Dustin immediately. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's like they got in the ring. He's like, "Are you going?" I don't know. And then it's like Sid just pulls him in, and just starts stomping the shit out of him. Yeah, he doesn't even give him a chance to choose. They just pulls him in, and starts beating him up. Dude, I, I sorry, this is off topic, but a little bit. It's about Sid Vicious, but that video you sent where he walks out in the car and he starts screaming, "How can <laughs> you go, go work?" My favorite thing is like it just shows him walking out. He's got his bag, and then you don't even see it. You you just see Sid, and he just goes, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and then you see like a car is just flattened, like it was in a junkyard. And he's like, "Goldberg!" <laughs> it's like he just starts <laughs> I love Sid. Damn it, I love him. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, Sid's beating this. This I'm gonna call this match the Passion of Dustin because that's pretty much what it is. Yes, the Passion of Dustin. Fucking crucified <laughs> Dustin in this match. It is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they nailed him to a cross and they whipped him and they fucked him up and they they, they stabbed him. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> what happened. They had to take away the slave gimmick, and they're just like instead of just whipping, you know. The slaves let's whip on fucking Dustin. Because <laughs> there's Colonel Parker right there. I forgot he was out there. I guess I was too busy watching them. Like, you know, I was I was pretty focused on the match. Uh but even though like not a whole lot of stuff really happened, it was just a lot of psychology, really. Yeah. You know? And I'm but not yeah. saying that's I'm not saying that's bad either. No, because one, you don't want to give it on free TV. So you give them a little taste, like kind of like drugs <laughs> in a way you give them that, that free hit so that they're on that high and they want more. Uh, but the problem is, is that this match is way fucking too long. Yeah. Too long. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I'm just agreeing with you. Oh no. I was just saying, it's just like, like Zach said, the passion of Dustin, like every time he was in a camel clutch, I just started laughing. <laughs> yeah, they, they both take turns, putting him in camel clutch. I think Dustin is in a camel clutch for probably like eight minutes of this match total. <laughs> yeah. It's funny that you say that because my match notes here, I wrote this match surprised me. Although thinking about it, it shouldn't have knowing the performers. Sid looked like a stud. Uh, Rude didn't get to highlight selling as much as he normally does. He was much more aggressive. Knowing what he's going to do the, the, the next night, it makes sense. Um, poor Dustin had to sell like he was paying for all of humanity's sins. <laughs> so we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> Dustin was paying for us all. Yeah. Um, God. But even like his face. But seriously though, he sold great the whole time though. Yeah, um, 
I, the, I, the very I, next line I have, it says, Jesus, they beat the hell out of him. He sold it like <laughs> death. <laughs> That's great. What were you going to say, Dubs? I, no, because every time I like move forward, I'm I'm hitting this ten second button, and every like every like three frames, he's in a fucking camel clutch. Yeah, or like now they change up a little bit. Like Rude puts on an abdominal stretch. Mm-hmm. You know, Sid comes in and he clubs him a couple times. He body slams him, but then Sid did the Asiatic nerve hold. He did it, so he knows it too. <laughs> yeah. Sid's been working with with Yoshi Kwan in the locker room. Um, I'm pretty sure Sid probably worked in Japan a couple times too. Oh, uh, God. I, I would imagine he would have yeah. been huge. He would have just been like like a big star. Gaijin, big Gaijin. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a spot where Sid, uh, Sid threw Dustin out. Dustin got thrown out of the ring like three times too, or some shit. Who um, is? Sorry to throw. Who is that? That's rude. He's the Grim Reaper, and on the other side of his tights, it's like Flair, and he's like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you, bitch." <laughs> Like tomorrow. <laughs> Great. Uh, oh yeah, they did the the reverse tombstone spot. That was cool. Um, I'm glad you told me that was Grim Reaper because I thought it was Weird Al. No, I'm like, now usually Rude is on his own tights. I'm like, is that him with long hair on his own tights again? I was like, no, he's dressed like the Grim Reaper because I saw a tombstone and a scythe. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. Sid throws Dustin on the fucking rail outside and he like flops over it dead and it prompts Flair to go out there to revive him. He's like, brother, get back to the ring. He's kind of like barely makes it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is what I was going to say. They're doing an old trick, which is like to just put a bunch of heat on like one guy in the tag match. Uh, and uh, like, I don't know, they do that a lot with like the Rock and Roll Express or something. Yeah. Uh, but this is the thing though the payoff got cut short because <laughs> there was a there was a time where like Dustin actually did tag but it was like the ref didn't see it mm-hmm. so then of course that pisses everybody I was like no he didn't really he tagged him god damn it Ugh. and even Jesse's like good job referee <laughs> and Tony's like what do you mean good job he's like he didn't see the tag it's not legal <laughs> <laughs> uh but then finally he, he gets the tag and then flair ends the passion of Dustin and he goes in there and he's like hitting punches and chops and he, he, he gets rude and he does an atomic drop and he goes, look at back. that mid, <laughs> mid atomic drop right there. What a frame. That was the big one too. The one where he what? just straight, he drops him on his ass on the mat. <laughs> that is, I mean, look at that atomic drop. He's, he's nearly upside down. I that's, know. that's a one hell of an atomic drop. Oh, yeah. That was, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was it. But then he, he comes back and he hits an invert and top drop on Rude. That's when he does the sell. He yeah, does the, yeah. oh, <laughs> seizes up and he can't move. Uh, and that's when uh, Harlem Heat uh, beat up the cops. They evade them, whatever the fuck. They get in there and they fuck the match up. And then Stan comes out and then uh, the Shockmaster falls over the railing and he falls through the ring. Yeah. <laughs> And it just ends in a crazy brawl. A DQ, by the way. Yeah. Um, this match was one big fucking advertisement. And listen, I understand it's the go home show and you have to advertise for it, but we didn't need that long of a passion of Dustin. <laughs> no, but, I mean, I'm getting like 
they're probably going to make that a whole angle for the war games. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put money on this. I bet Dustin's the first guy in. And they're gonna the heels are gonna win the toy the coin toss. So that means Dustin's gonna be stuck in there with two guys beating his ass. Sit in Rude. Sit in Rude. Well wait, is Rude in the is Rude in the uh we're gonna, uh, yeah, yeah Rude Rude's fighting for the title. Yeah. Him and Flair are going for, going at it for the NWA title. So Sid and Vader Vader. Yeah. Oh yeah, or, Sid and Vader. Or, or Harlem Heat. Or Harlem yeah. Heat, yeah. Uh Long ass heat payoff was almost worth it, but the DQ cut it, cut its legs off and killed it. Oh yeah, it's it was rough. We guys, we guys got to say that. I mean, you you nailed it on the head. Uh, it went it went long, especially for how it finished. The finish really killed it. Like it yeah. could have been really good. And my thing is the the finish was pointless because. Given how like, again, it just makes it so that well, the match shouldn't have happened because you were just advertising for what you're going to do literally the next night in your pay per view. But you could have had the interruption happen after the match ended. You could have had the brawl and everything that you had still happen, but just actually finish the match the right way. And if you knew that, I mean, spoilers, but if you knew that Rude was going to go over Flair the following night, well, then you know you can beat Rude. You could let Flair beat Rude, because that's usually the traditional way, or you could actually let Rude pin Flair in some shenanigans, because usually that the mindset's like, oh no, you see that it gives a little more doubt. But typically, the you know someone's watching, they're like, oh well, if you pin them this time, the they're going to win the pay per view. Although I'm, I'm applying WWE logic to something that happened before that existed, so I guess it doesn't really work that way. I, I may have created a wormhole, um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I hated the finish, and it's like you already did this once. Like, you you actually repeated it. And then I put, like, a little rant in there about the show overall, about how Tony must be uh, watching these shows because and taking notes because he's doing the same shit where he's repeating the same finish or the same, like, post angle on the same show, like, two and three times for matches, and it's driving me nuts. And it's like, that's that's old WCW shit, and it's bad. Yeah, like it's it's fine to have it, but don't do three back to back DQs or three back to back weird hill finishes or or la- last night was every person wanted to do the the handshake at the end even though they're not they're a heel and it's like one time's fine. Don't make everybody do that. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I gave I gave the match overall uh, five and a half chazzes. It could have been so much more, but it just and like I, I had it rated a little higher initially, but the more I thought about it, the angrier it made me. <laughs> the finish just kills it. I give it what a six. Got? I give it a six out of ten uh, because I think Sid Vicious like saves a lot of things and rude. Um, which, by the way, I'm trying to grow mustache like him. Um, gotta get, it's going to be a long way, and I got to trim my mustache. Uh, but every time Rude's in there, I love when he sells the atomic drop. Fucking great, dude. <laughs> like, he's a great seller. Uh, and it looks like it hurts whatever he fucking does. Like, when he has that camel clutch going uh, and he hits some suplex, it has an oomph to it. Uh, and Sid Vicious just looks fucking, like, terrifying. Like, he's going to kill you. He's until he's man. Until he snaps yeah. his leg. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to make an addendum. I'm going to bump up. 
because I originally had six and I went down because I was getting pissed thinking about it. But then mm. the show, my show rating is a little higher for different reasons. So I'm kind of a hypocrite if I don't. So I'm gonna I'm gonna change to six. Okay, I gave it six point four out of ten, uh, but that was mostly because I appreciated the psychology of the match a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that hot tag was able to get through and Flair made the comeback and something happened, anything else happened, I probably would have rated it higher, but that's not what happened. This Man. could have been an 8 out of 10 match. Like I, I could have given this easily, given this a 7.5 or even an 8, yeah. depending on how that finish goes, but that finish just killed it. What a fucking boner kill. Um, Not much I'll say. Uh, all competitive matches ended in DQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I already commented about how the Shockmaster's gimmick has changed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's now a klutz. Uh, fairly subdued show. Nothing had he except for the main event guys. So, even though Paula got Paul a chance, I don't know. Uh, five point nine out of ten. Yeah, I already went on my rant about how they are repeating things on the same show and it's 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 really the law of diminishing returns is is really in effect um it's lazy booking um tony stopped watching these shows and doing the same thing and then uh, i did put that it was an advertisement that for the pay-per-view that they have the next day so then in that regard they did a good job of at least getting me intrigued on what's going to happen so i gave it just six chances I gave it a 5.75 out of 10. Um, I think I think the pay-per-view is going to be interesting to watch because of Ice Ice Train. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Jack, Jack versus uh, y- Yoshi uh, Kido or whatever his name is. Yoshi Kwan. Put respect yeah. on his name. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm excited for war games. I'll I'll watch any war games match, uh, just to see what Sid Vicious does. Uh, and <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. It's just it's it. The booking is terrible. Uh, and if I have to listen to another Paul Roma uh, promo, I'm probably gonna have a Tide Pod. Um, you know, it's funny. I didn't even think about that as I was rating the show. I feel like if I put that in there, I would have, I think I would have rated it significantly worse. But I agree. Can we, like, he needs to be off television. <laughs> Every time I see him, I'm thinking, you should have been the one stabbed eight million times with a pair of scissors. Fuck. <laughs> oh, God, I just, I didn't even mean that. Like, someone just give him money to stay home. Where's Barry, by the way? Uh, I don't know. He left. Roaming the territories. Oh my god, I miss him. Probably went to Japan or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> like after he dropped the belt with Rick, he just vanished. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I don't. He I don't. Know. Maybe he was hurt. Maybe that's true. He he might be. Yeah, he might be healing up. Maybe also be why he dropped the title. Um, maybe he maybe he went hunting. I'm serious. That's the thing he would do. He would be like, "I'm gonna, f- I'm gonna fucking quit, and I'm gonna go hunting for like six months, <laughs> and then come back, <laughs> come back. Money. 
So like so, Sid, Sid's like, fuck it, I'm gonna go play softball for a year, and then he's like, shit, I'm broke. I guess I'm gonna wrestle again. Yeah. <laughs> That's how Vince came up with that stupid stalker gimmick for him, though. Because he asked, so what are you into, pal? Because that's how Vince tries to, to fucking fill you out to see if he can come up with a gimmick for you. He asks you questions about yourself. Puke. Puke. <laughs> He's gonna puke. It's fucking... <laughs> but, uh, he, learned, he learned that Barry Windham liked hunting a lot, so he made him a, the stalker. <laughs> it did not go well. No, it didn't. Yeah. Could be worse with that, uh, that gimmick that Dustin did. Uh, seven. Plus seven. Yeah. <laughs> it's not dead. I was waiting for the Dark Order to recruit him. You know, funny, well, theory and tie in there, they never had a seven. Oh. So there was always a thought that they were going to make Dustin number seven in oh. Dark Order. Nobody wants uh, to see him yeah, yeah, nobody no, wants to I want to see him kidnap children. I want to see Black Rain. It was Black Rain. Remember? He was in TNA. He was Black Rain. Oh, oh! I didn't even know that. Yeah, I just did a deep cut. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a deep cut. I have to look that up. <laughs> it wasn't as prominent as Seven, but he. I think he was he was Black Rain longer than he was Seven, though. You know why I didn't know about it? Because he had no respect. <laughs> respect. Fuck respect. <laughs> By the way, I just want to say like how that was shot. By the way, because like Perk Angle is like sinking in the chair, probably high at his mind. He's like, I did some phone phone calls, and here he is. And he, like turns around, and Booker T is doing an African accent, and then uh, then he goes Kevin Nash, but the camera is like pointing at Shermel. Uh, and I'm like, why is he calling Shermel Gavin Nash? And then it pans over, and there he is at the end of the fucking couch. Finish, finish the promo. If you've never watched that, finish it because there's 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 another surprise. There's another uh, person there. I, I mean, want, you know who it is, but I kind of wish that the camera would have panned over, and it would just be like Kevin Nash standing up. You don't even see his face. It's like it's it's focused on his chest. <laughs> He's just doing his promo anyway, or something. I don't know. It'd be funny. I liked. I just like that uh, Booker T's talking about how he's from Africa and he's like the lions. And then they go over and look at Kevin Nash, and Kevin Nash fucking brush his hair to look like fucking Mufasa. Yeah. The fuck. <laughs> he didn't look like a lion, but yeah, Sting. Surprise, Sting shows up after, but it's not Sting. It's Steve Borden. Like he's like just Steve Borden, and he's like business savvy asshole heel Sting. And it like shocks everybody. That's the oh, big thing. But he, but they do it in that same weird way where he just casually walks on to the camera. <laughs> it's fucking weird. Meanwhile, Booker T's in the background yelling, "Respect, respect." <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so the next time we do get in some color, we're gonna be doing Fall Brawl War Games, and then. Uh, and that's uh, Fall Brawl is on September 19th of 1993, and then WWF Monday Night Raw, September 20th, 1993. Uh, so I'm, you know, watch that and then come back and then we'll we'll talk about it. Uh, but other than that, I think that's it, right? Yeah, I think so. That's it. We we didn't hit three hours. That is good. Yeah. Uh, if you want to catch more, get in some color, make sure you follow us on all the major podcasts, uh, Spotify, Apple podcasts, uh, Google podcasts. If you say Alexa play, get in some color. I'm pretty sure it will show. Uh, but 
Until next time, remember to get some color. Peace. AJ Agnerf hold. Respect. Respect.